passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is the biggest thing R.E. Emanuel and Vince McMahon have ever done. Combining forces like this is, there's nothing like this. There's never been anything like this. People have been talking about this for a long time. Zasloff calls me one bill Phil. That's because I am the one true, genuine article in a business full of counterfeit bucks. And you know what this is right here? And then crushing real glass. Crushing the abdomen. Don't cry me a river. Today I terminated Phil Brooks, CM Punk, for cause. This stems from a backstage incident at AEW All-In last Sunday. Never in all that time have I ever felt until last Sunday that my security, my safety, my life was in danger at a wrestling show. But I've changed, and this is the truth. I'm home. And with that, we welcome you to Post Wrestling and Poison Rana's best and worst of 2023 as we rewind over the past 365 days to look at what wrestling gave us and what we want to give back. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock alongside Waiting, Braden Harrington, and Davey Portman. Hello. This is where Davey welcomes us all in. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. There we go. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, man, we're off to a roaring start here. I mean, hey, on. our internet's are working, okay? Everything's as fine. Long as, as long as you guys can hear us, we're, we're good to go. How is everyone doing tonight? Brayden, is this uh, just, just a quiet day for, for you two, recording-wise? Uh, yeah, uh, I think technically a third show of the day. Uh, yes. We've been recording a lot today, but it's the, it's, I mean, it's the start of the new year, but really it's for us, it's the end of the year, which is uh, the most fun to look back. Now it's New Year's Eve today, right? Yeah, yeah, it starts today for us because the new year starts. So yeah, it's been a day. 
the wrestling year officially begins once we complete this show. And we are going to be going through a monstrous list of 21 categories. And then we will also dust off, dust off the likely unlikely list that we put together last year with the help of our listeners. And we will see how we fared over this past year. Oh. But as we look at this daunting list, at what hour today, Wade, did you sit down and start this list? <laughs> Truthfully, I actually started on Friday night. So um, after Rewind is Smackdown. Um, and then probably finished it maybe within minutes of uh, us going live here. So. Well, that's you, <laughs> you go right up until the deadline. I mean, that that's is it. that is the criteria. I mean, everyone is a candidate until we go live. Uh, Braden, did you find this to be an easier, difficult year when it came to uh, putting these together? Because I, I found this to be a, a more trying year when it came to uh, going through some of these categories. Uh, I found it. I don't know. I found it a little bit easier, but. Uh, we were lucky enough to be like at a lot of wrestling, maybe the most wrestling I've been to in like a calendar year. So in a way, like I was, Oh, this, this comes to mind. This comes to mind. Uh, when it got down to maybe some of the, the nitpicking that the, today to finish the list and try to get through it. But it also made nice afternoon where I was just like, and reminiscent of like all the bad stuff as fun as it is. Yeah, it was, it was okay. Okay, well, your internet is already starting to turn heel on us as we're about five minutes into the show. So I'm going to suggest that if this continues, you guys go to audio first, and then uh, we, we will go from there because we do not want to have uh, – uh, I can't go through any more internet disasters in, in my lifetime after Friday. So uh, we, we will see how this, how this goes. Um, but with that said, we have 21 different categories to go through. And, and people also- can follow along, of course, when they look at the show descriptions here. Uh, first of all, we want to welcome everybody watching us live, all of our patrons here at uh, uh, youtube.com slash postwrestling, uh, postwrestlingcafe.com, as well as uh, Poison Rana's Patreon. So thank you guys all for being here. Uh, look up the categories, and then we encourage everybody in the chat room to give us your picks as we go through the categories ourselves. So we are going to start off with Best Female Wrestler. And last year, the picks included Davey and Way choosing Bianca Belair. I went with Shuri from Stardom, and Braden had Jamie Hayter, who I don't think is going to be repeating uh, th- this year, uh, given given setbacks. But let us start things off with Braden Harrington with Best Female Wrestler of 2023. Uh, well, hopefully you can hear me. I'm I'm going with someone that's pretty straightforward and just been a star this year which is really uh i'd say off of her wrestlemania performance just as if is just so like star making but she's just become someone that i'm seeing in like day-to-day memes on social media that's like not wrestling related i'm seeing her like break outside the world of wrestling and and people non-wrestling fans co-workers of mine are like oh like who's this Rhea Ripley I keep hearing about or keep seeing so she's got a like obviously a distinct look but this year I think she really broke out as just one of the biggest stars and that her and Dom as this team are just like yeah they're they're they've been something this year that has just been pretty special for WWE and I'd say her beating Charlotte really cemented her her legacy but I'm going with Rhea all right one vote for Rhea Ripley we will see how well she does let's go to Davey next um I don't think there's been someone from like January to December who really stood out to me. Um, But I would say I think Becky Lynch would be my pick. I think she, uh, despite kind of being away from the the, like title picture 
for the whole year. She's kept herself relevant. I thought she had a tremendous cage match with Trish. Like mm-hmm. Trish at this stage in her career, coming back and putting on one of my favorite matches of the year, actually. Um, and then you had uh, the Tiffany Stratton feud in NXT, which I thought, you know, like Becky, what uh, big ratings Bex or whatever you call her, like brought a lot of eyes to NXT and put on some really good matches with uh, with Tiffany there. So uh, my pick is Becky Lynch. I think Becky quietly had a, a really great year. And I think I, I look towards the, the cage match stood out and that NXT run where you saw like she was a significant difference maker. And we've sort of seen where NXT like numbers wise has like come down from uh, that peak. And I went with uh, somebody like I, I admittedly did not follow as much stardom as I would have liked to uh, this year. I know like Tam Nakano and Julia had really great years, um, but I went um, North American uh, with Athena this year because she had, um, according to cage match, 10 of her top 15 matches occurred this year. And this was on a platform that so few people, I, I think she was largely handicapped by being on honor club, because I think if she has this reign in AEW, she's probably people's hands down pick uh, for this year in terms of, match quality a several month long storyline with billy starks she had the match with willow nightingale at uh death before dishonor she had matches with mercedes this year really underrated street fight with kiara hogan and again i think ring of honor it is so struggled to stay in people's just uh consciousness this year athena has been that thread all year long holding this belt that seems to have been the strongest promotion for checking out uh honor club and therefore i went with uh, athena just small platform but i you take her out of the mix i don't know how much a buzz roh would have beyond just the pay-per-views that would come every like in terms of a week-to-week character it was a it was athena way we go to you with your pick for best female wrestler um I too went with Rhea Ripley this year. And um, it's interesting because like, I think when you're talking about best wrestler or best tag team or best um, male wrestler, the qualifications might be a little bit different for everybody. And in fact, I feel like my qualifications for choosing best female wrestler are very different from maybe my qualifications for choosing best wrestler. Because uh, all that is all to say, I'm not choosing Rhea Ripley because of her in-ring, you know, sort of a catalog this year. I, I don't know. Um, well, there's like there are there are good matches I think and, and notable matches, but nothing I would really consider on sort of like the, I don't know, um, that top of the year list whatsoever. But for me, um, her standout sort of um, I guess attributes of of 2023 are were her ability just to just be a constant presence on WWE Raw predominantly, um, and that is extremely unusual for somebody in the women's division. To me, she's somebody who has broken through the ceiling of a WWE women's division, even in ways that um, we haven't seen from, you know, maybe even uh, any of the four horsewomen prior to her. She is an integral part of the men's storyline, while at the same time feeling like this incredible, unstoppable threat in the women's division. And um, because she, to me at this point, is so important to the company as a whole, uh, I I granted her the uh, best wrestler uh, female award this year. Yeah, and like quietly has been someone that you look at during the, the Paul Levesque era. I mean, we can contrast her to before that. And like here was someone that everyone tabbed with potential, but was, I would say, floundering on the, on the main roster. Didn't have a defined role. There were like these big gaps of where she, she might disappear. And it just seemed to be as though they were 
you know, not getting anywhere near that level of potential that was bestowed upon her for those that were high on her when she came up to the main roster. So there you have a a diverse set of picks there uh, with the best women's wrestler. So let's move on now to best tag team. And last year it was a clean sweep with everyone picking FTR. Davey, kick things off for best tag team of 2023. I I found this one very difficult because similar to the women i i don't think there's been any team that have had like a consistent like great run throughout the whole year uh so i'm gonna go through for the team that maybe had my favorite moments of the year and that kind of thing and that is uh kevin owens and Sami Zayn. um i thought like you know the first tag team main event on wrestlemania since uh wrestlemania one um, them, them winning that match and incredible story with the bloodline and the Usos and you know going on to have some quite fun matches after that they had the obviously the whole like uh, Judgment Day feud uh, that whole like Philly street fight with the, the hockey sticks and all that um, yes it was a short run and I think there was probably a lot more left on the table but for me it was kind of the, the standout tag team kind of run and moment of 2023 Let's go with Way with your pick for best tag team. Uh, this one, I agree, was a bit tough for me this year as well, just because um, I guess I haven't really thought about tag team wrestling as much this year as maybe in previous years. And so I'm, I'm, I'm picking a team that I actually feel had a better 2022 than even their 2023. Um, but nonetheless, in my mind, um, it's hard for me to pick a more consistent team this year than – FTR. Um, I think they are. Uh, anytime they're they're on screen, I, I think they they live up to the expectations that you have uh, of them. Um, and you know, this year they've had um, notable, you know, a series with uh, uh, Bullet Club Gold on television. Um, and overall, I think they've done a good job of at least maintaining the idea that AEW is known for great in ring tag team wrestling when I don't know if the rest of the division has been as um, sort of, um, I don't know, as, as much of a leader in, in that regard. So I went FTR. I also went with FTR this year. I would state that this was more of a, a year where even with the addition of collision, like you would think like this, this was going to be one of the acts that would greatly benefit from those additional two hours. And, and they did. You had the matches with Jay White and Juice Robinson in particular, that that 58 minute match that I just thought was uh, incredible. They had the way back uh, at Wrestle Kingdom last year with with Bishamon, uh, the Young Bucks at All In just a few weeks ago, the fight without honor that they had. And from a, a rating standpoint. Outside of that debut collision, which was Punk's return, the second highest collision was their match with Adam Cole and MJF. So I think that they, I agree with you, Way. I don't think they had the year that 2022 was, but um, they were my pick as well. My shortlist did include Owens and Zayn. And since we don't have a category for trios, I'd also throw in like a a runner-up in Tanahashi, Okada, and Ishii, who held the uh, never openweight six-man tag titles for a good portion of the year. And I did not see one poor uh, title defense of the seven that they had. It, they were just excellent trios matches uh, involving titles that I could not possibly care about. So we go to Braden now with your best tag team. Yeah, I, I agree with. Well, first, I agree with everyone because like this year, tag team. You have to make a pick. You can't agree with all of us. No, 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 no. I, I, it's just like this year was like different for tag team wrestling. It wasn't quite like you could say the Usos finally getting that WrestleMania moment, let alone a main event 
with Lil Uzi Vert. Like that was epic and everything. But I, I, I'm going with FTR as well because they did have like quite a run. They did the Tokyo Dome. They did Wembley, and they even trademarked CMFTR. So they're even really smart on top of it. And a highlight moment was at Wembley when the whole crowd started singing "Cash Has Got a Gun." It was very, uh, very poetic. <laughs> Never forget. Wow. So talk, talk yeah. about a controversy that was that was like going into All In, and after yeah. All In, that was completely forgotten about. Yeah, please don't shoot him. Was also another chant <laughs> that was very loud in our section. But yeah, uh, I, they they still had a great year. That collision, they were like the draw of of AEW for a bit, and then it, they kind of did dip off uh, part of the year. But they were still very impressive and the best tag team this year. And they weren't forced to leave their families on on Saturday night on Collision, prevailing over Hustle Black. So that's nice. They didn't have to leave their families. All right. Those were our picks for Best Tag Team. We're now going to go to Best Male Wrestler of the Year. Last year, uh, we had we had a variation of picks. Way and Braden chose John Moxley. I went with Will Ospreay, and Davey chose MJF. So this time around, let us start off with Waiting. Who was your Wrestler of the Year? Male Wrestler of the Year. My uh, well, a lot of uh, some honorable mentions, I suppose. Maybe I'll I'll just kind of leave leave the those to maybe some of you guys. But um, for me, my pick this year for best male wrestler was pretty much purely based off of in ring quality, and that of course is Will Osprey. I I it's hard for me to think of um, and any wrestler who uh, who might have had the year that this man has had in terms of quality and in terms of I think um widespread sort of um uh, appearances that he has had um obviously when we talk about best matches of the year period um you might be able to take your pick between either of the uh, options that you might have with will osprey and kenny omega but beyond that it's having matches in other promotions you know with a speedball and an impact or a, a naomichi marifuji and noah um it, it it got to the point where i think we were talking about these promotions only because will osprey happened to you know be be taking part in in them and that's the type of journeyman um uh, I, I, quality that that I, I think is so rare in professional wrestling, and obviously with this being his last year um, as part of New Japan, and seemingly choosing to commit to to locking himself down to a, an AEW commitment following this, um, maybe that was the reason why he went so hard. And by going so hard, he certainly earned, earned himself to, to me at least title of best wrestler of the year. All right, we'll go to Braden next for best male wrestler. Are you going with Will Osprey, or do you have another choice? I, I am going with Will Ospreay, man. Like he is, he's been incredible for the last few years, but it's like Wake just said it. It's like this guy even made me watch Impact. And I did. And the match with Speedball and the one with Josh Alexander, both incredible. All his stuff in New Japan, all the stuff he did with AEW. And yeah, I'm selfishly as a fan, am happy that I'm going to get to see him more in 2024 and beyond. I hope we get him main eventing against like Danielson or Kenny again in Wembley. I hope this guy like becomes even bigger because yeah, every time this guy wrestled, he had a match of the year candidate. Like you could do a whole list of just the matches this guy did and uh again being spoiled and being able to watch him wrestle quite a few times this year like he is he's just a a a spectacle and he's also great to show your friends who are like aren't super into wrestling because he's like so like spectacular and mesmerizing to watch in the ring so yeah will osprey bell to bell is one of the best and 
when he started finally cutting promos in AEW, the bruv thing might be like, you know, overdone over there in the UK. But when he did that on TV, a lot of Americans and, and, and people watching are like, oh, this guy's actually okay on the microphone. This like weird, what do you call it? Like bruvy. Yeah, Brits don't just sip tea and eat yeah, yeah. and talk politely. Exactly, you know? yeah. Like- it made me go like, hey, wait a second. There's something there. So uh, I'm, I'm all for Will Ospreay, huge fan. Davey was this past year with due respect to Johnny Gargano and Andrade. Was it Will and Chill? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think this year, like it would be maybe more fun looking for a second place because I think Will Ospreay kind of had it in the bag halfway through the year. Just yeah. so many like absolute classics. Um, like, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to like maybe suggest next year doing a TV wrestler of the year or something like that because we can't ignore the likes of Gunther and Orange Cassidy. Cassidy and Danielson in the in the Continental Classic. Considering how many injuries and time Danielson was off this year, he had a tremendous year as well. But like Osprey just sealed the deal like pretty early on this year and really took some beating. Yeah, I I thought that this was j- just a year that was it was just such an incredible year for, for Will Ospreay. And when you look at some of the other years, like just looking this past week at Brian Danielson's year, that was phenomenal. I would argue this was one of the best years in, in his career in terms of the matches he had, the wide variety of who he had those with Zack Sabre jr. Had a stellar year, Ilya Dragunov. I mean, he was just fantastic on NXT all year long. If you're going to Mexico, uh, Volador jr. I thought had a really, really excellent year, but this was the year of Will Ospreay. You could make the argument he had the best match in New Japan this year with Omega, the best match in AEW, if you want to consider it that, with the rematch with Omega. One of, if not the best match in Impact history with Mike Bailey. He had uh, matches in Rev Pro this year that uh, included Shingo Takagi, Leon Slater, Gabe Kidd, Luke Jacobs. He went to Noah with Marafuji and then had, you know, some real like under the radar classics with El Fantasmo in the G1, Shota Umino. Um, the all-in match with Jericho that didn't have much of a build attached to it. But, I mean, you guys could probably attest, like, that to me was a match that really did uh, end up standing on its own yeah, at, at that like show it. on top yeah. of it. So, I mean, this was an in-ring career that we, or in-ring year that was um, unbelievable um, when, you, when you look at just all that he did and the different places and the different opponents um, that he did it with. And this is going to be a major turning point in his career to see how he transitions to being kind of a week-to-week character in a promotion with AEW and what involvement he will have, what his presence will be in New Japan in 2024 on on top of it. It was actually pretty incredible in Wembley to see how many people like knew him. And it wasn't just like, you know, that pop from Essex, England. Oh, he's one of us. Like everyone's singing along with the song, chanting Osprey. And for someone who isn't like on national TV, really in the UK, like, uh, and I, I expected a bunch of people going to that show were like, oh, look, Chris Jericho, the wrestling's in town, that kind of thing. But the reception he got there, like, clearly, like, he's... He was a hometown he boy. He was a hometown boy. He was a baby boy. He was yeah. so much more of a star than I was expecting at that show. This year, and, and like... Sorry, go for it, John. Well, I was I was going to ask, like, you guys as well, just, be, just being there. Like, when we got set for all in tickets to go on sale for next summer. Like I think everyone had like tempered expectations and I would say like they've gotten off to a phenomenal start and you at least have to give some of that credit to Osprey's announcement and the belief that he's going to have a major, major role 
on that show. Like I, I do give him like some of that credit for the tickets being so strong out of the gate. It, I do feel that maybe it is going to be Danielson Osprey. I hope so. As the match at all in the fact that both of them are kind of saying, I will be there at Wembley next year. And they're kind of the two it's like, Oh, well, all in tickets are on sale. You want to see Danielson. He's going to be there. I mean, if Danielson's eye hurt acts up again, you got Kenny hopefully back maybe by that time to mm-hmm. do like a, a third one. But Danielson Osprey is enough to make me look at my bank statements and look at the flights because like that one is a match that I think will gain a lot of people's attention to if they announce that eventually. But yeah. I, I think 2023 will be interesting for him because we'll be we've seen glimpses of his mic work throughout the year, but uh, it, within AEW on a sort of weekly you know national TV product, it's going to be at a different level. So we might not see the same in ring output from him, but I think we'll probably be talking at the end of the year next year about how good he's been or maybe not good he's been you know as a weekly actual character with the microphone every single week. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. Or we'll talk about, man, the Hardy family Osprey office. What is this? I mean, he signed a contract with Matt Hardy and he didn't realize. Will TV. Can't wait for it. You know what, though? You mentioned Danielson, like, as some, somewhat of an honorable mention. Like, yeah, he's just had an incredible year. And MJF. Like, go, he's go, been... look, go look at his cage match and, like, how many of his, like, best, like, highest rated matches yeah, have yeah. occurred this year? Like, the Zack Sabre Jr. match, oh, the, the, uh, match. The, the MJF match, which, yeah. I mean, we, we will get into later. That may come up uh, later as well. But, you know, he's, for a guy that had his injuries and such, like, dude, he had a phenomenal year. And he was, just going through the ratings this week, like, he was a difference maker on on Collision over these last few months. I think he... I think you take Danielson out of the mix post CM Punk. I think Collision takes a much bigger hit than than it did. Yeah, he he had a fantastic year. There's been a lot of great wrestling this year, and it was it, it was a clean sweep for Osprey. But Davey kind of mentioned it's like, but who who else was good? Because there was like these those three guys were definitely the ones that man Orange Cassidy this year. Yeah, yeah. Like, Again, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of them. Yeah. This post wrestling podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Next category is Best Feud. And in 2022, I went with the Briscoes against FTR. The three of you chose MJF versus CM Punk. So in 2023, uh, I will start this one off. And I, I had a few options here. Um, number one was, uh, again, like we don't focus as much on, on Lucha, but it was a huge year for CMLL and Rocky Romero and Volador Jr. had a series of matches this year going back to January when Romero won the uh, historic welterweight title and held it for most of the year. And this included uh, losing a hair versus hair match to Volador Jr. back in May and then uh, 
they had a two out of three falls match in June. And then it was up until the end of the year where he lost the title to uh, Mascara Dorada uh, 2.0. So I, I just thought like match quality wise, like these guys had like a, like a great program and it was, you know, a big deal in uh, CMLL this year. So I wanted to give that as my honorable mention, but uh, my feud of the year and this, it overcame maybe one of, one of the um, most puzzling angles of the year, but the fact both men came out as strong as they did was a testament to the work uh, produced. Hangman Page against Swerve Strickland, which I think they put together. Um, an, j- their chemistry is incredible, uh, culminating in, in one of the greatest uh, Texas death matches I have ever seen and on the heels of one of the uh, nuttiest angles ever involving a, a home break-in and tease of a child abduction. But at the end of it, you have uh, Swerve Strickland that feels like this guy is going to explode in 2024 if they don't fumble things. And I think that Hangman Page, um, in, a, in a weird way, this did reignite him, even with two losses to Swerve, that I I think he is just – he's had this disappearing act where it's just been a lack of consistency on on programming. But to me, he sh- this should be a world championship rivalry, and that's when I think they should uh, revisit this, although – Based on television this week, it looks like they will be in involved in some form or fashion uh, coming out of, uh, well, in the early part of this year. Next, let's go to, uh, let's start with Davey next with uh, Best Feud of the Year. Um, well, it coincides with my tag team of the year. It's the whole Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens bloodline story. Uh, a bleed over from 2022. Uh, but like, I just thought this whole story was told perfectly you know we we were there in in montreal for one of the the most incredible reactions i've ever been involved with at a, at a wrestling show uh with that smackdown taping and and we heard the uh the tabernacle uh line on this <laughs> this brilliant intro way made and uh john going, made it actually john made okay uh well well done john and uh through to like AI. elimination chamber which was also like just uh, such an awesome reaction, but but you know you had the dilemma: are we going with Cody or are we going with Sammy for WrestleMania? And I think having um, the Usos in a much deserved like main event as well against Sammy and Kevin, you had the whole tie-in with you know Sammy and Kevin coming out in their PWG inspired gear, um, and just the culmination, like the the story ended that night. You had. The good guys won. It was a feel-good moment. I got all emotional watching it. Uh, the bar we were watching it at uh, was going crazy. And you know what I respected is they kind of, they ended the story there. Cody's still trying to end his, but like both Sammy and Kevin were like, now nah, we're done with that. We're moving away from that. And I, I just thought it's actually, it's quite rare to like stick the landing and move on. And I, I thought I just had such a good taste in my mouth after that whole uh, whole feud um loved it but were they wrestlemania headliners on night one is it that that's the uh <laughs> the chris Ely debate i guess i we would to... say so i would yeah. say so uh brayden your feud of the year are you going similar or different yeah i mean honestly sammy comes to mind because it was just so good and like it was so natural but uh, i i kind of agree with you john and that's where i went i, I don't know how but they managed to turn around swerve going into someone's house and looking into the baby's crib where i went man i know it's wrestling and all that but like that's pretty you know randy orton triple h home invasion vibes or something and they still managed to turn it all around where like you said at the end of the year like i cannot wait 
till these two fight again. And hopefully it's for the title. And hopefully it's an exploding barbed wire cage match. Because I don't know what else these guys can do to each other. The guy literally drank his blood. So they might have to legit murder each other to, to, to end this feud. And I can't wait to, to see what happens in 2024. So yeah, Hangman and Swerve is my feud of 2023. Two votes for Hangman Page and Swerve. Wait, where are you going for feud of the year? Uh, I went with Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns as my feud of the year. Um, I think starting from the Rumble until WrestleMania, what we're really talking about is Cody's story. And I think it's been wonderfully presented. Um, I think on the mic, as a big WrestleMania-level main event babyface, I think Cody it has been the best person that they've had in the spot for years. Um, incredibly consistent through promos. I feel maybe the biggest sort of compliment i can give to to him is the fact that mm, i was one of several people who you know were arguing for Sami Zayn to be somehow injected into that main event scene at wrestlemania and the fact that cody did such a great job of handling that situation um to the point where by the time wrestlemania came around i was feeling perfectly fine with him as as the challenger and in fact feeling disappointed uh coming out of wrestlemania that he didn't win um i think that's a huge accomplishment just for cody rhodes himself um this is a feud that is still ongoing and the fact that in my opinion there's still enough interest in this that i can see as many people wanting this match instead of the rock versus roman reigns i think it continues to be a major testament to how hot the program still is so um i to me it's it's the feud with the biggest stakes attached to the wwe right now and maybe by extension all the professional wrestling so for that reason it's my choice for feud of the year all right, a, a diverse set of picks for best feud of the year. And we are getting a little bit too positive and glowing about <laughs> the past year. So let's get into some awful stuff from the past year. The next category is worst feud of the year. Looking back, we had Braden Harrington going with Braun Breaker and Joe Gacy, a classic. <laughs> wow. uh, myself, I went with Dexter Loomis and The Miz. <laughs> and Way and Davey, proper representing Matt Hardy versus AFO. <laughs> the Andrade <laughs> family office. Wow. Wasn't there a year I, I, we, someone picked like someone versus Nia Jax versus anyone? That's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you sense. went with Matt Hardy versus anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Davey was more specific that year with Matt Hardy versus Hangman Page. So both of uh, Davey has gone Matt Hardy two years in a row. We will see if he breaks the streak uh, this year. But let us start off with Wei Ting with Worst Feud of 2023. Okay, yeah. Um, I went with... Um, the outcast versus anybody. That's the spirit way. <laughs> if you want to be more specific, I suppose the outcast versus anybody in AEW um, as part of this whole outcast versus um, AEW story, original storyline. And I, I say this with vague terms because I don't think it's ever been properly defined. Um, I feel like this has been so half-assed you know um a lot of this has already been blocked up from my memory so apologies if um maybe um my, my own recollection of it isn't the most concise but to me it comes down to some of the most generic heel promos i've seen uh unfortunately namely from their leader soraya who i had really high hopes for in AEW. you know she was somebody who i feel like under maybe um the, the the sort of lesser restrictions in an AEW, it's it's where we would get to see what she was actually capable of. Unfortunately, I think those restrictions um 
the lack of restrictions probably made her a lot more complacent. And what we got instead was felt incredibly uninspired, uh, very little substance to any of the segments, nor the actions of the group beyond perhaps like a half-assed attempt at being the NWO, except with spray paint that didn't seem to work half the time. There was no real conclusion to this entire story. Um, it still it wasn't seems... even the best green spray paint gimmick this year because I think Trey Miguel had like a better heel run with this idea. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, and it took thankfully timeless Tony Storm to somehow break through out of it with her own creation that has uh, you know clearly been much better thought out for at least her uh, role to to have come to an end. We'll see if uh, Harley Cameron does any better uh, with um, the Outcast 2.0. Okay, maybe if you insert a butcher's knife, it'll have a turnaround in 2024. <laughs> Braden, what was the worst feud you saw this past year? Uh, there was a lot of like little ones that like, you know what, outcasts weren't that great this year. But I'm going with one that was that was pretty big, which is the bloodline and the bloodline. I guess I, the bloodline implosion of themselves. Tribal uh, combat. Yeah, whatever way you want to twisted is how like the bloodline disbanded and still were feuding with each other which led to the SummerSlam uh tribal combat like you said and i just really didn't like the way everything i i feel like if if cody just finished the story the bloodline stuff the rest of this year would have made a lot more sense you could easily go into stuff with Dwayne and the rock and all this stuff but instead roman retained and then it just I don't know. It kept like it felt very recycled this year, where like kind of prior with the Sammy stuff, it was like the most red hot thing. But by the end of it, and and still, like I feel like they're just kind of fixing it. Roman's only wrestled a handful of times this year, and I, I get that he's a special attraction. But the feud itself with the Usos turning on each other and and everything, it just was so repetitive and boring. So I, I am picking that one. As strong as they have made Solo Sokoa. Like, I thought they just did a number with Jimmy Uso this year. Like, it just made no sense of him joining his brother to take out Roman. Then he cost Jay the match, and now he's back with Roman. And the explanation was, I didn't want you to win the title and get poisoned by this power. I don't know. For me, Jimmy Uso just was not um, handled with any kind of care uh, for, for a guy. As you go back to WrestleMania and the fallout of those four and where they went in their respective years i think jimmy a very clear bottom of that yeah especially like you know they want to have the one-on-one match this year at wrestlemania like cool go for that but the way they kind of split them i just it just didn't work i'm happy for jay jay's killing it yeet but like yeah i I really didn't like this storyline or feud davy what was the worst feud of the year um I went Chris Jericho versus anybody. <laughs> but <laughs> to be more specific, I, I will say the Adam Cole feud, which I thought was awful. Um, like Adam Cole had just come back from like a really serious injury and immediately pulled into the, the Jericho vortex. They had that uh, horrible angle with, you know, um, destroying Brit. Or maybe Brit, Brit yeah, watch. Yeah, the outcast beating up Brit and all that. But just every feud this year with Jericho, it's 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 held people back, I felt. Like, and just baffling decisions for me. Like bringing Will Ospreay in to have a huge match at Wembley Stadium about an hour away from his home, in his home country, and he gets put with the biggest heel manager, Don Callis, to go against Jericho, who was heel two weeks ago. But for the sake of this Wembley match, 
has turned babyface. It was completely backwards. And I've I've been left scratching my head with pretty much every single Chris Jericho feud uh, last year. But the Adam Cole one and left led to an awful match, I thought. But Sabu. But Sabu. Yeah. And why? <laughs> why Sabu? And he was there for I two seconds. I remember that. And then he left. He was there for like two seconds. Just, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there is a baby's choice. Chris Jericho versus anyone, but he'll narrow it down to Adam Cole. Uh, I want to give an honorable mention uh, to the program that uh, don't ever ask me to recap this because I can't, but I know I don't like it. And that is Miro versus his wife, CJ Perry. Um, (laughs) I I've hated all of this and how long it's gone on and the logic of you can, you're supposed to stay at home. I'm the breadwinner, but she wants to manage. So he's going to destroy everyone because the rift is that, he has sacrificed his love for his wife, for his God, in order to push him further in his career. And now they're back together. I, I think it's been awful. Um, but at least I can I can pretty much go through my viewing each week and not think too much about this. A program that was like heavily pushed all summer long and culminated um, at SummerSlam. Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler, a... Feud that had a different baby face, depending on which Monday you tuned in to see the buildup. It was very, very clunky with the the character work, with the promos. They had one great video package going into it on the week of where they did uh, salvage this. Um, the match did not work. And I think even worse that to me really like underscores this is that at the end of this feud and this being Ronda's farewell, Shayna got nothing out of this. Like this win to me was totally forgotten about. And she is right back in the same place she was um, anyway. And you can put that on her. You can put that on the handling of her afterwards. But the result is she's in the exact same place where this win should have placed her into some more significant role or someone else should have been in this role. Um, but it wasn't a great feud. And I think that that hampered the the match with, with the audience and the rule set that they included at SummerSlam, I think, confused people, too. So all around, I, I just think, like, Ronda Rousey left uh, WWE on, on a whimper, and it didn't really enhance Shayna Baszler in any meaningful way. So that was my worst feud of the year. Next, we are going to go to a category, Best Non-Wrestling Media. So this is not a wrestling, a traditional wrestling show, but some piece of media, whether it be a, a book, a documentary, some kind of... Uh, digital uh output uh that was out there so last year we had our list of winners including uh brayden with the jerry lawler andy kaufman episode of tales from the territories davy with the broken skull sessions hosted by steve austin i had uh, blood and fire the biography of the sheik by brian solomon and way chose the bray wyatt white rabbit campaign so for this year let us kick things off with davy with best non-wrestling media Come sail away. It's the wrestlers. Nice. Um, I I was a bit late to this documentary, but basically had so many people coming to my bar who know I'm the wrestling guy and be, oh, have you watched this Netflix show, The Wrestlers? And they're telling me all about it. Oh, it's about, did you know about OVW and stuff? And I was kind of a bit like, yeah, yeah, I, I, know, I know about it and didn't really have much interest. And then watched it and just absolutely fell in love with this show. I... I thought it had such a great cast of characters um, and just a, a really interesting look at the like 
you know, this sort of indie wrestling scene. And, In Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, like uh, it, it kind of brought prominence to someone like, you know, Haley J and uh, our man Cash Flow. Like, and wrestling guy. legend Al Snow. And wrestling legend Al Snow. I, I love the whole stuff with the, you know, the, the other promoter, like the radio money guy and how he started off as a, a bit of a heel and then had his seizure and becomes like a big baby face Spoilers. by the end of the show. Like I, I just thought it was a, a really great documentary and I'd, I'd love to see a season two, whether it's about OVW moving forwards or another company or something. I just, I thought it was great fun and, and achieved its goal of bringing more eyes to wrestling. Cause I've had so many people talk to me about it who have either never watched wrestling or completely checked out of wrestling at the end of the attitude era who tuned back into this and have been asking for other things to see. So it was definitely successful. Yeah. And j- just based on like some of like OVW shows, like it does look like they got a bit of a, like, like bump out of this beyond just people watching it. Like it does seem like it really did um, assist OVW uh, oh, yeah. in some tangible way. So I guess it'll be curious if they, if they get a second season out of this. It's, it sounds like they're, they're working on something. It also w- would be interesting for the same people to possibly go somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. do a season on another fed in a different state or something. I think doing a bunch of that would be pretty interesting, but I was, I was very late to it as well, but it was, it was very interesting. Very fun to watch. Demand Lucha on Netflix. That would, that, oh that would man, awesome. that would, don't even get me started. I mean, if we, could, if we could pick a, a, on this list, best indie fed, we'd pick Demand Lucha here in the six. Man, but, B- yeah. Big Tom could be a breakout star on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he's going to lose it that you mentioned him here. You, you, our friend Big Tom works security at Demand Lucha and he, Imagine he got, a guy called Tom who's incredibly big. He's like, that's big Tom. he's bigger than any indie wrestler. I've ever Thanks seen. for the description. <laughs> and Imagine he, a guy he, named Tom and he's big. He's really big. <laughs> he he does this like angle where he's a security guard. He got an angle. But John was with us. And after that happened, where he like went to the he counted the yeah, he clotheslined yeah. like Space Monkey or something. Pollock, you were like, great job. And our friend was just like, oh, my God. Wrestling journalist legend John Pollock just said I did a good job in, in the ring. So. I think he tore his rotator cuff. Yeah, he like, got uh, injured uh, doing that. <laughs> I'd also say best indie wrestler of 2023, Gringo Loco. Oh, yeah. He's absolutely. been killing it on the indie scene. And we've seen a whole lot of him. But, uh, yeah, sorry. I forgot how we got there. but. <laughs> in a roundabout way i'll go next here so i am generally the 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 book person so i'm going to uh dedicate mine to uh some of the wrestling books that i read this year and there were several good ones you had um todd is god by todd gordon which i would state is a really interesting read for like an alternative look at how things went down from ecw because i think a lot of the history of ecw is contained with like the Paul Heyman side of things. And this is like Todd Gordon was very, very influential in ECW up until 97. And the guy that financed the entire thing. So, I mean, um, like Todd Gordon is a very um, boisterous personality, I I will say, but there was like a lot of interesting stories in this one. Uh, Flowers for Adrian by John Elul was uh, to me the most like comprehensive look at Adrian Adonis, a very tragic death um, when he was, you know, out in, in the Maritimes and they were avoiding an animal and crashed over a 4th of July weekend and, and died at a very young age, but it's a really, really well-researched book. Uh, The woman who would be King by uh, Medusa and Greg Oliver, um, 
really excellent book, especially from from like a, a female's perspective coming up in an era where there was just so fewer numbers of them and what she had to encounter. Uh, but my choice was The Last Real World Champion by Tim Hornbaker on Ric Flair. And I thought what was a big asset to this book was the fact that Ric Flair was not involved in this project. So you got a much more kind of unvarnished look at Ric Flair. First of all, Tim Hornbacker is his research is phenomenal of the lengths he goes to. This is like the detail that he goes into in particular of the mid-Atlantic days and by extension, Jim Crockett promotions like that is a huge part of the book. Um, It's incredible detail that he goes into and then up until, you know, everything involving Ric Flair throughout the night. 90s and 2000s uh, up until the present and does like touch upon like the resurfacing of the plane ride from hell allegations on top of that so um just uh to me definitely the uh, of the documentaries i have seen of flair's own book i would say this is the most extensive look at rick flair and i think it it helped that it was from um it, that it came from outside of of like rick flair's um point of view so that would be uh, my choice way what was your best rest, best non-wrestling media uh, this year, I chose The Iron Claw. This is, of course, the film that uh, a lot of us have been talking about, a lot of us have reviewed. Uh, it's not a perfect movie for a wrestling fan especially, but I think the fact that it was made at all and with as great of a cast as it had, um, I think ultimately did a great service for bringing one of wrestling's biggest tragedies um, to a larger audience. Um, overall, I thought it was a very well done movie. Um, yes, it's not completely true to, I think, the reality of the situation, but it's also the medium um, that I think dictates that. Um, and, you know, uh, through interviews that we've heard with the director, um, the question we have to ask is, does it stay true to the essence of this of the family story? And I think in being able to um, focus everything on the survival of Kevin Von Erich, um, despite everything, um, I think was ultimately very effective. So uh, particularly the, the actors who play Fritz and Kevin, to me, were standouts as well. So um, I felt it was uh, my best non-wrestling media this year. And Braden, take this one home. Best non-wrestling media. Uh, yes, Chef Way. Uh, because I also pick the Iron Claw. Uh, I I took my younger brother, who also loves wrestling, to see this. As a, as weird as it could be, hopefully we're not cursed. But uh, this movie was awesome. Like you kind of said it, Way. Like as a wrestling fan, you're like nitpicking little things, but. You also, I loved Zac Efron's basically promo in the first few minutes of the movie on his date, explaining what wrestling is and all that. I'm like, wow, you could, you, this, you summed up what wrestling is in like a minute there. It was fantastic. But the portrayals they did were so entertaining. Uh, the, the rush Tom Sawyer bit where they're somewhat claiming inventing entrance music against the Freebirds. I also really loved that part of the movie. I was losing it in the theater. Uh, so yeah, the Iron Claw. I love any movie about wrestling, but this one, like, really given the wrestler a run for its money as being like up there. And I think just anyone who isn't a wrestling fan watching this would be super entertained because. Jeremy Allen White, yes, chef, he was amazing. And so was Zach Efron. Like, I know you're a huge high school musical oh, fan. Yeah. And a lot of people still see him in that. But like, man, I thought he was just so good in this movie. Uh, honorable mention to Dark Side of the Ring, The World According to Marty Janetti. Oh, that was one of my favorite episodes as well. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <A> few... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, John. Next time your accountant asks, uh, you know, if wrestling's real or not, just show him that Zach Efron, <laughs> Kevin Von Erich clip on the date. Leave, have a coffee, come back and be like, cool, can we talk taxes now? <laughs> Sorted. 
Yeah, that would that almost made my list for, uh, for something. That would have been worst interview uh, this year. <laughs> we we have a couple of runner up picks or, or actual couple uh, picks from the chat room as well. Black Mega Man says, "Hey EW is his pick for best non wrestling oh, yeah. this year." Uh, Brian says, "Hey EW is his runner up, uh, but he picks Monster Factory." Uh, also, John Cena picks Stone Cold takes on America. <laughs> Sand Mountain. <laughs> Oh man, that would come on after NXT and uh, we would kind of get into it. This one specific episode where he goes to Sand Mountain. Oh man. What what if we got Bret Hart takes on Canada? <laughs> I would watch it. Uh it starts at his bar. I would watch it. And Jake Olinor uh also said Ric Flair the last real world champion by Tim Horbaker. Oh, so John's pick. <laughs> well, we uh we didn't have enough categories last year, so we have expanded at the request of Davey Portman to include best entrance so this is a first time category so davy why don't you first of all uh explain the the addition of this and m- make your pick of uh what you are looking for here well i think it's a whole part of wrestling the re- uh the entrance we used to have uh best theme song or music and we we kind of eliminated that a couple of years ago but i think as we're seeing production get bigger and better uh with all these companies i think for me when i'm rating a match i count the entrance as part of it it's it's such a huge thing and i think this year especially there were so many uh like different entrances whether it being you know tony khan paying money to get metallica for sting mm-hmm. or just like that incredible set you had at wrestlemania this year and how you're utilizing that um so yeah i, I kind of wanted to maybe chat about some of the the best entrances of the year yeah this Kick is th- yeah go for it all right well Mine is going to be very simple. We were all there. And when that first chord of the final countdown came on in the Scotiabank Arena and you realize the American Dragon is coming out to that theme, a theme we know costs a lot of money uh, to Europe to play. And Tony Khan bought this. uh, The Like, Brain and I right away, as soon as you heard the boo, we were like, it's happening. It's happening. And then... (laughs) Was this a Jamie Hayter level reaction that you guys had at Full Gear? Yeah, 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 pretty much. And then you heard other people clue in, went da-da-da-da, hit. And then by the time Danielson is, like, stood on the turnbuckle, arms out, it's the final countdown. Everyone's singing along. Epic. And then you just see this big smile on Danielson's face, like, wow. that That was awesome. It was... Such a simple entrance, but was such a moment of 2023 yeah, for me. It was so good. I can't wait to hear it at Wembley. They definitely are going to get it for his Wembley entrance. But yeah, that was pretty epic. All right. Let's go uh, to Way with best entrance. I went with WrestleMania um, this year, uh, this past year, I should say, and Rey Mysterio's entrance coming out to nothing but a G thing oh, with right. Snoop Dogg oh, man. inside a lowrider. And then having that switch up to uh, Viva La Raza, uh, just a little bit of a shout out to Eddie Guerrero. And for me, um, it, it's something that's on the surface so silly, but uh, I almost got kind of emotional at it because uh, here you have Snoop Dogg, who I don't know if pop culture may sort of associate with the lowrider um, as much with with anybody as, as maybe him. And then in that situation to just bring out the memory of Eddie Guerrero so that now we have this weird link between Eddie Guerrero and Snoop Dogg via lowrider um, from Ray Mysterio, I, I just thought it was absolutely incredible. And of course, this follows um, Dominic coming out in in the uh in the police van as well i i just thought uh, two sets of uh incredible entrances but predominantly seeing this image of ray 
inside a lowrider with Snoop, I I thought was really amazing. That's a that's a great one as well. I like this category because th- there were <clears throat> quite a few um, from this past year. I'm going to go a bit of a different one. And that was at Noah the New Year with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura for his match against the great <clears throat> Muda. I'm like losing my voice here. But this was uh, Nakamura just turning the the the, uh, the calendar back. And all of a sudden it was like all the charisma that I thought had just evaporated out of this individual was back in a second. It was like the Nakamura that walked out at TakeOver uh, back in Dallas in 2016. And he came out and just felt like an ultimate superstar um, here in this white. It looked incredible. They did a huge crowd for this. And in some ways, I think like this did set the table for this rejuvenation uh, for Shinsuke Nakamura in 2023 that I think, respectfully, I think all of us had sort of just written off Nakamura as being like, you know, your your mid-card act in WWE that has a role but won't be a significant one. But he felt like a superstar and this guy, it was just this entrance alone really just uh, hit that with me of the the star potential that still exists with a, uh, a Nakamura. Uh, Brayden, best entrance. Yeah, I have a few, but I, I did pick the same as way. I mean, Rey Mysterio, Snoop Dogg in L.A. coming out to Eddie Guerrero's theme, Snoop's theme and Rey Mysterio. It was just like so epic. In fact, I'd add Dominic's into that I so much that I went and got the exact mask from that event, like him coming out with the Halloween Havoc Ray inspired mask with the handcuffs and the, like both entrances were just amazing. Way, way definitely capped it off. I'd recommend checking out the YouTube video where they're, they're doing a trial run during the day with Snoop and Ray Mysterio, just like kicking it, having fun. It's so good. It's so wholesome. But uh, I, I do pick, I basically pick both of those. Cause like, I just thought that was so epic with the police taking out Dom and it was just so like both entrances. So good, but I got a bunch of honorable mentions. I'll hit you quickly with bad bunny at backlash. I see some people in yes. the chat putting that yep. one. That Not only be, there's a few reasons why a, they use drones. That was crazy. The view of like the arena when he's walking out with the drone is nuts. However, earlier in the day before the backlash show happened, Bad Bunny actually was tweeting out saying, "Hey WWE, I'm so sorry, but I'm I'm buy I'm making you buy my other song to use as my entrance theme. I'm not coming out to Booker T, the song he's used before. I'm coming out to this song." And he chose right because the crowd just like erupt uh when he comes out. It's it's fantastic. It was one of the best things this year. I mean, it, it's become such a thing singing along with with themes, whether it be Cult of Personality or Metalingus or um, or Kingdom or whatever. I'm sorry, the name of that song is just and, like... <laughs> But I, I think, you know, doing these events in like underserved uh, cities or like going to Puerto Rico and just having everyone sing that, that bad bunny Shambaya, song. yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone's singing along in in Wembley to like MJF's theme as he's coming. Yeah, that, and- that was another one. Yeah, more honorable mentions from All In. Obviously, you said Sting using Metallica. That was pretty so epic. Destroy yeah, it. yeah, that was just so epic. Uh, we had um, MJF coming out on his throne. I mean, I got to say, Jericho, he didn't sound too great singing, but still, he sang himself out to Fozzie the crowd. played Wembley Stadium. Yeah, Fozzie played <laughs> Wembley. You got to, you know, I guess give him his flowers there. That was pretty epic as well. Uh, but then last one here is not necessarily like any specific one but just looking at like hey who has who's new that has a cool entrance 
is the metaphor on NXT. Oh yeah. The way they come yeah. out is like the, the Powerpuff girls lights <laughs> shooting up in the, from the ground or whatever. Oh man, it's pretty cool. So entrances definitely took a step up. Oh, and Roman reigns at WrestleMania. Roman's like six piece piano, like grand piano, like concerto, yeah. whatever, like Sick. was pretty good. And like his theme's awesome anyway, just the grandeur of it all. Yeah. And, Epic yeah. entrances this year for sure. I'd throw into the, the back-to-back nights of uh, Sammy in Montreal as well, just in terms of like, like nothing, like no pomp and circumstance, just like sheer, like, uh, like love for this individual in that arena, both nights. I would argue like the SmackDown one was just as loud uh, when he oh, came yeah. out. Like they, the whole crowd was there just for him to come out and, and drop a few words before the promo. Like it was, um, it, it was, it was very cool to be there for, for that weekend. Next is most improved. And as we go to uh, last year, we had uh, Way chose uh, Way Davey and Braden picked the acclaimed. Uh, I went with Chris Jericho for most improved, you know, which. <laughs> yeah, based on no, a last year. year that yeah. he had in mm-hmm. 2022. Yeah, like, okay. Go yeah, look at yeah. his, his list of, mm-hmm. uh, of matches that, that he had. I remember my justification for that. <laughs> I will kick this one off because I'm going a bit more unconventional for this one. Rather than an individual, I am going with CMLL as a whole because a few years ago, they were my worst promotion of the year and had fallen off a cliff. Um, this year, they have done unbelievable business. There have been numerous Friday nights uh, at Arena Mexico, drawing over 10,000 people. Their uh, 90th anniversarial card was highlighted with a uh, Volador Jr. beating Unhealthy Horo in a hair versus hair match. You had uh, Templario over Dragon Rojo Jr. in a mask versus mask match. Uh, other highlights of the year, I mentioned the Rocky Romero, you know, year long uh, holding of the historic welterweight title and then losing it to Mosker Dorada 2.0, who is um, the rebranded. Uh, Pantarita Jr., who is only 22 years old and is going to be uh, just a phenomenal star for years to come. You had Andrade come in for several shots towards the end of the year, including a match with Volador Jr., um, Rocky Romero losing his hair. I mean, they just they had a whole lot going for them. Incredible crowds. And it, it, it's a company that we don't focus enough on. But they had just, like, it, honestly, in a, in a year where um, if you're just looking at growth um cmll had as much as anyone um this year in terms of where they were uh a year and a half ago to now so uh just want to put a spotlight on them but let's go next to way with most improved in 2023 i went with my pick uh being mr l a knight uh for this year um i i think there are several people that you could pick for this particular category i went with la knight simply because um looking looking at the calendar year of where where he was versus where he is today uh it really has been pretty unprecedented uh 2023 to me was the year that this company finally took notice of his appeal with this crowd and he went from last year being the manager of a male model group to this year at least being given the role of um, jobbing to Bray Wyatt in the Mountain Dew match, which he did a very amicable job um, of, of, you know, being a participant in. And then uh, he ends it by headlining a title match with Roman Reigns, and now he's about to at least be in a a title match at, at the Royal Rumble. So it's not just the fact that he's been pushed, but I think he's very much risen to the occasion. You know, his promos continue to deliver. He's managed to continue to maintain this level of of, of um, appeal to the crowd despite losing to Roman Reigns in that title challenge. And 
I would also say his in-ring is now at least at a capable level where he can have a compelling main event match in the ring with somebody who's in the top mix um, at a pretty sort of regular basis. So um, I think he's really, really improved his stock from the beginning of this year to uh, the end of this year. We're going to go to Braden and then Davey because i got to run out for 30 seconds and we'll be right back. But Braden, most improved. Yeah, I mean, to, to piggyback off you, Way, like the, the whole yeah thing is is insane. I mean, wrestling fans, every year there's a new fad and chant that seems to like get themselves over. But attending SummerSlam in the Big D, that was in a seas of yes for two days straight of just people screaming it. The fact that my girlfriend hates the yeah chant from L.A. Night because – I got her roommates to do it and their friends to do it. They don't even know who LA Knight is, but they walk around going, yeah. So like, it's just a guy saying, yeah. And somehow it's propelled him into like superstardom. But then now that he's got there, he's been cutting these promos. So like he, he, I didn't even think of him in, in most improved, but like, honestly, you're, you're totally on the ball. I'm going with someone from NXT. I'm going with my boy, big trick, Willie, big trick Williams. You knew I was going with that way, didn't you? You had that image ready for me. Yeah, uh, I did have a strong feeling. The were... chat room agrees with you. John Cena, uh, T. Anthony, Matty B, uh, Trick Williams is their pick. So, like, first impressions of this guy, like, over a year ago, I was like, who is this guy? He's fumbling all over the place. He doesn't can't even wrestle. Fast forward, I take back all – I eat all my words because this guy is just, like, just risen to the occasion. He's one of the best talkers on the mic in the WWE, he's gotten over so many different little things. Uh, Booker T doing his entrance, the ad libs is just something to like, it's just so entertaining. And then watching him win that iron survivor challenge and like seeing how crazy the crowd are behind him. Like, yeah, he's just someone that's like really stepped up and I can't wait to kind of see where trick and mellow really uh, go in, in WWE and main roster. But like trick is, is stepped up wrestling wise. Like I'd say he's still got a little bit to go, but as far as like persona and in like cutting promos and being a character, he's, he's, he's like, become the a character on nxt so can't wait to see where his 2024 goes so whoop that trick i went for this canadian kid called chris jericho no (laughs) (laughs) um i was also trick williams like i remember that first episode of nxt 2.0 and heard all the the rumors of the whole the rebrand and it all being taken over and and mellow had already been a tournament and stuff and came out and we were like who the fuck is this guy and he was stumbling over his words and just we're like oh this is awful and we were like why are you weighing down mellow with this guy and he's great like he's he's fantastic now his his match he had with Ilya, i think was a real kind of coming out moment for him and then the iron survivor i thought like i love that match as a gimmick i think it's so different and just um just so much fun. And I was disappointed we didn't get um, Trick and Ilya at New Year's Evil, whatever reason it was for yeah. that not happening. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, am I okay? Am I breaking yeah, up? Yeah, again? you're okay. I'm you were now. a little bit there, but you, you, but we're good you, now. you recovered. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really excited to see where Trick goes next because uh, I, I could see him taking that title off of Ilya uh-huh. for the, the whole Mellow feud. But I like it. And he's just so smooth on the mic now as well. When he did, fi- when he finally got over, I'm Trick James, bitch. I was like, it's done. He's going to be a big star. So yeah, love him. Our next category, biggest. 
sorry, oh. just an honorable mention from the sure. chat room. Uh, a number of you also pointing out Julia Hart as a pick for this category as well. I'd say okay. Tiffany Stratton as well yeah. this year too. Biggest setback. Uh, this can be however you want to define it. Someone who their year, they went backwards, not forwards uh, for whatever reasons. Last year, um, Way and Braden chose CM Punk. Davey had Sammy Guevara, and I went with Ronda Rousey uh, for our biggest setbacks of 2022. Braden, who had the biggest setback this past year? I don't, I don't know. Technically, I guess I'm picking AEW for CM Punk, but really it's AEW and CM Punk. Uh, if last year was Brawl Out, this year was Brawl In. Uh, take it how you want, but I, I'd say the the issues the dramas whatever NDAs were signed whatever is going on whatever went on with CM Punk and AEW was a real big setback for AEW I think Punk is doing okay he's uh, selling a lot of t-shirts and hoodies over there in WWE but it's AEW who definitely took the fall specifically Tony Khan who brave pretty brave to go out into Chicago to basically say hey I fired your your homeboy and uh, I was scared for my life and like obviously. People laughed at him this year for that, but at the same time, you you can feel for him and AEW. So I look at it from both sides. Like it it it's just seemed a, a whole messy. And I think AEW is taking the like the brunt of this and and feeling the effects of of this whole thing this year. At least that's the the reason why people are are jumping on. And I I do think ever since him being fired from AEW, I think. That has caused some some of the, the negativity from a lot of people and fans to kind of walk with Punk over back to the WWE, maybe possibly. But uh, I'd say I'd say that was a big setback for for AEW, and it's just kind of unfortunate, whichever way you look at it. Davey, who had the biggest setback, and was it the person whose jersey you're representing? Oh man, no, we'll talk about him later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Here comes the money, the best in the world. Um, yeah, my, mine's pretty much the same as Braden. I put AEW Collision to be specific, but in general, it's AEW as a whole with the whole CM Punk thing. Like you, you got this new show by the looks of it to try and keep Punk on board and all the things with, well, he can't work with certain people. So let's put him on Saturdays. And then, you know, like a couple of weeks before it's about to debut, like he was putting out Instagram messages and was not going to be on the show and then is on the show for a, a few weeks and then it all falls apart again. So I, I think um, I'm excited for AW's 2024. I think dynamite this week definitely felt like a bit of a, a reset in a positive way, but I think there's just been this big CM Punk cloud over it for the, the last what like year, 15 months or yeah, whatever it is yeah. since, since it all started. So uh, yeah way biggest setback uh i want to give honorable mention here to the street profits who um went through a bit of a metamorphosis over the past year uh they were certainly due for a change because i think after winning the tag team championships where else does a tag team go in the wwe but maybe turn um so the the heel turn was due but it's been so badly botched here with Bobby Lashley. Um, so much so that it seems like now they're just right back to being baby faces, except without any of the appeal that they had prior um, 
to joining Bobby Lashley. So they're certainly not as over as before. But my biggest setback of 2023 goes to Austin Theory. Um, this was somebody who last year or 2022 cashed in his money in the bank for a U.S. title run, which was arguably a good course correction for somebody who should have never been in that money in the bank spot in the first place. <laughs> but what does it say? When even the U.S. title run was disappointing and forgettable, save for um, a verbal lashing from John Cena, um, his in-ring has been pretty unremarkable. His promos have been very generic, and he's somebody who, I mean, he doesn't fumble his words. You can give him credit for remembering all of his lines, but he has not found the voice to make those lines feel like they're, they belong to him. And this is somebody who's had more opportunity than most. He ended 2023 by being essentially mm, the second fiddle to Grayson Waller in his own tag team. And this is somebody who at one point was McMahon's handpicked next guy. So um, it's hard for me to think uh, of a wrestler with a bigger drop in stock, at least on a, in, in, in one of the mainstream promotions. The only compelling part of Austin Theory this past year was that I was hoping there would be a segment, whether it would have been that that Super Tuesday of NXT or just some random Raw where he gets tombstoned because I could have used the show title Theory of a Dead Man. And that was literally all I was clamoring for with Austin Theory this past year. I have a few that could have been considered biggest setbacks. I mean, um, some of which include uh, Bandito, who did this year. First, he had a visa renewal that held him back after he was like coming into AEW. Now he's got this wrist injury that's just set him back. Johnny Gargano, who uh, Braden, Davey, and I were there when he showed up in Toronto <laughs> and felt like a superstar and... Whatever the opposite of superstar is, that's what he was this past year. Scorpio Sky, if you might not be familiar with Scorpio Sky, because he only wrestled six matches this year, three of which were in ROH. I don't know what's going on with him, but it just seems like a just a distant memory. Um, but the person that I went with as my having the biggest setback is someone who was red hot a year ago. Um, and that was Jamie Hayter, who got hurt at a terrible time. She's been out for months, missed all in in England. Um, I think she will come back and be back on track, but you can't categorize like she was just riding so much momentum that this women's division so sorely needs. And I think she best represented it. So, I mean, if you look into 2024, hopefully she has a, a major role in the women's division because it just seemed to all be clicking for her. And I remember at full gear being at the press conference after and just came away like really impressed with with this individual and her, her personality that was coming through. It just seemed um, it, watching these two react to her music at full gear. <laughs> it just seemed like everything was in place for her. So hopefully um, that momentum can be restored, because as we've seen with some people, sometimes it's lost and it's it's hard to uh, get, get back on track when when that happens. A few honorable mentions here from the chat room. We have. Uh, mm, Ryan G saying Keith Lee here. We've got Hansi agreeing AEW as a whole. Black Mega Man says Jungle Boy. Jake says the Young Bucks in the tag division. Um, and then we've also got here uh, Kota Ibushi, Jake's suggesting, uh, might be a contender. Although maybe that might even be a conversation for this year. So, yeah, we'll see. Next category is best on the mic. Last year, I chose John Moxley. The three of you went with MJF. So let's start off with Way, best on the mic. Uh, I went with Cody Rhodes for best on the mic. Um, I think you can make a an argument that AEW has, like in general, the better promos consistently. Um, 
but they're very different. I've come to realize, you know, from I think what I consider to be the best of like um, WWE style of, of promos. And I think there's validity to both styles. I think AEW promos, I think of them a lot more as like, you know, like maybe more akin to punk rock. They might feel a bit more authentic, but they might be a little bit looser around the edges, especially um, with TV TV formatting, people occasionally maybe stepping over each other. But that's what real feels like, right? Whereas I think of Cody as his WWE promos to me are more like um, very good piano recitals. They're incredibly well rehearsed and crafted and every note seems specifically engineered to elicit some form of reaction or to convey some form of meaning. Again, they're both great, but... In this instance for 2023, I feel Cody was able to be year-round somebody who um, was the lead voice of a promotion. And under those sort of restrictions, I, I feel like that's that much more impressive. A lot of guys can cut great promos without shackles, but I think few could flourish under this system like Cody, where every word is scrutinized. You have to hit all your storyline beats. You have to hit your time cues. And every single week, no matter the length of promo, this man delivers something memorable. Um, and you can argue this is a better system where he's been able to flourish in ways that he wasn't under the freedom of AEW. So, um, um, he to me is it was my pick this year my pick this year was eddie kingston who i think continues to set himself apart from anyone else where i think you can take even a cold match and you give him a minute he will give you a reason to care about it whether it is putting um relevance and importance into every continental classic match that he was involved in i think he added so much by his presence with the titles but more importantly was just him the significance of winning this that this tournament i think the success was largely like we looked at this as like brian danielson's tournament when it was constructed it really turned into eddie kingston's tournament and chasing this uh continental crown that was something that he dreamed of as well but uh when you go back to the you know the lead up to him and uh, Claudio Castagnoli and having their match earlier this year and the sit down they did. I mean, so many of the different promos that he, Eddie Kingston was involved in. He just he taps into an emotion that that few can, um, which there, there were some great candidates this year. But he was my my pick for best on the mic. Davey, how about you? Uh, I, I think uh, Mike's skills have definitely Im- improved a lot across the board. I think AEW has always kind of been known for their they're like promos with likes of Eddie and MJF, etc. But I, I think the uh, WWE has got better in the last year. It's felt a lot less scripted, um, like as as Way kind of very eloquently put it about Cody. But I'd put uh, Drew in that list as well, who at one point was what reciting history stories, Scottish or whatever, folklore, and now just has a really kind of deep character, and I kind of believe everything he says. Uh, but I'm going to go a bit left field with this, and I'm going to go with. Samantha Irvin, <laughs> who uh, I <laughs> think great. has just been absolutely fantastic this last year. I think there was such a time where a lot of the WWE announcing was very kind of robotic and they weren't allowed to have much character, whereas I think she brings so much character and life to to all these uh, different people. She does a different announce styles for whoever's coming out and... Uh, yeah, I, I just think it, it's just boosted WWE, especially these big live pay-per-views, as we mentioned earlier, in all these different settings, just bring some gravitas and big fight feel and all that. So I think she's been great this year. 
if you read Justin Roberts' book, like he was actively told in WWE not to do anything that would make him stand out. Like they wanted the opposite of that, um, which I mean, I, that does tell you like the philosophical changes that you can have someone that has, um, you know, that has character to her, even in in a role such as the ring announcer that adds so much to the show that she has now become a, a part of that people look forward to. Braden. Uh, this year, I had a few different ones, but I'm I'm gonna go with MJF on this one. I I, th- I feel like I like the whole "I'm your scumbag." It was okay that he turned babyface this year, but I'm thinking back to his feud with Danielson when he's bringing up the family and stuff when he was a really good heel. But I, I also enjoyed a lot of the stuff MJF did with Adam Cole when they were still so- somewhat feuding months back. So I'd say for the the better first half of the year, MJF was still delivering as one of the best promos in wrestling and 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 there were a few others this year that stood out you you guys were kind of right even in wwe there were some like way better promos this year it felt a little less like handcuffed but i i'd still go with max i i think he's one of the best talkers in wrestling and he he every time he goes out and, and cuts a, a segment it people just listen like he could probably read a phone book and and people would still like get into what he's saying so uh he he's great Several people in the chat room uh, are giving their picks and uh, John Cena saying Eddie Kingston. We have Matty B also saying Eddie Kingston and we have uh, Brian saying Christian Cage. A number of people are actually choosing Gunther, mm-hmm. uh, including Ryan G. And uh, it also seems like Hanzi is also choosing Gunther. So, uh, hey, that's that that is a uh, very valid as well. So. And Danielson, like, I, you know, I love a lot of these Eddie Kingston, Danielson during that Continental Classic. They were airing on social media, these promos. Yeah, they when were great. Th- they should they should air more of those on TV. Your Moxley or promos. When they've been on commentary during others. Yeah. matches, kind of kind of semi cutting promos in that. Form yeah. As well. Yeah. Now, on the other side of the coin, the worst on the mic in 2022 Davey, you chose Soraya. Way, you picked Ronda Rousey. Myself and Braden, we went with Zion Quinn. So this year. Oh, oh, yeah, Zion Quinn. Who was the worst on the mic? Um, I'm going to start this this one off. I'll, I'll preface this by stating there are probably like a dozen that I could go for in NXT that some of them that are cutting their first promos on national television have no business doing so. And sometimes I'm conflicted of how we should grade NXT in the one sense, it is it is developmental, and these people are being thrown out there on national television. That said, this is a national television show, and you are putting them out there to be judged by a, a, as such. So I'm I'm not going with an NXT pick. Instead, I'm going to take a, a pick from last year, and that was Ronda Rousey, who I think just um, continually just did not really find the essence of her voice in any way. And it was always, it almost felt as though she was in a challenge with herself, with the words that were coming out of her mouth with some preconceived notion of what a wrestling promo is and forcing her message into these words that were always contrived, always felt so manufactured and deliberated over for hours before she would get it out. And I just felt like, a natural essence of a promo never, never came into her, her run in WWE first run or second run uh, that we saw this, this last year. So that is is my choice. Uh, Let's go to Davey next for worst on the mic. You would boo a mother. Already you're picking her. (laughs) Yeah. Coming in hot right at the end of the year. 
It's Shayna Wayne. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, She's only cut like one promo. Well, it, it had an impact <laughs> on me. What can I say? Uh, terrible. Terrible. God bless her. Oh, oh man. I hope she's bet most improved next year. Yeah, absolutely. Shane you away. know, set the bar low. The, the sky's the limit uh, for, for Shane's. Well, you would boo a mother was 2024 technically. So she is, that, that's going to go into the bin for next year as well. Uh, Braden, worst on the microphone. Look, John, you you really said it well. Like we we do up next every week. We watch NXT. A lot of the times these people are on these shows is the first time they're on TV. But you're right. Like this is TV. So you you're you you're a nice guy and you didn't want to necessarily throw any newcomers under the bus. However, I'm not as nice and I have a few Hong Kong, the bus is pulling up. With like there is there is some people on NXT that week by week I'm like, "Man, like you you go to the gym, you go to the PC, you learn how to do a drop kick, but can you take an acting class? Can you read out loud in front of a mirror once or twice? Or maybe Dude, some you of those do. locker room scenes are just they're so bad. Like you don't know the torture. You can watch three hour Raws, guys, <laughs> but we have to deal with NXT Degrassi High every week with Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade uh... nonsense talking all the time. It's like I'm I'm just signaling those two out, but like there is so many of these like NXT up and coming people that like it is their first time on TV. They don't know what they're doing. And sometimes it can be awful. And I hate to just pinpoint one person, but I'm sorry. I have to do it. Young rock, the pebble, Ava rain, the rocks daughter. She should be electrifying and charismatic. And instead she was in a cult with Joe Gacy in the schism, just cutting rambling things on and on. And then to make things worse or better, she's now become the GM or assistant to the GM of Shawn Michaels in NXT and still just no, I, no I, title. I, she just hangs yeah. out on Michaels and they've only explained it this week. Yeah. They've only just been like, Oh, what's going on with you? Why I, are you doing this? Like I, I get, uh, John's point and we're kind of the same when it comes to worst match it's like we are watching developmental but she's been there long enough now and she is the son the story she is the daughter yeah. of one of the highest paid actors in the world you think she'd like improve so and I, have yeah lessons. yeah I really I really want her to turn it around and I've been like in her court she has not really wrestled I think technically like one match on TV and didn't do much in it and has been the talking point of the schism which was just a complete failure shout out GYV who got the hell out of there and now our free agents can't wait to see their 2024 but Ava has just been like a mouthpiece and now a mouthpiece for Shawn Michaels and it's just Super bizarre. And I, I hope that maybe she does improve. But right now, at, this past year, she was someone that every time she talked on TV, it just didn't sound good or believable. Just she was reading line by line. And again, she's the daughter of the rock. So it's like, I feel bad, but like she, you'd figure she'd be like really exciting and eyebrow raising. But uh, unfortunately, she's not. So sorry, Ava Rain. Just because we won't have another chance to bring this up two years ago. You, uh, myself, Braden, and Davey, we all chose Bon Wagner. And I just want to say this past year, what they did with his character this year, I thought was incredible. Like the year of Bon. Dude, I thought like him with Robert Stone this year, like, yes, it, it got very campy during the, the, the dinner at home. The kids it's, with the ponytails? Like the story about like his head, like uh, being mocked as a child. I mean – they did some like great character work with this guy this past year. And I do think that is where 
NXT has excelled in some of these character stories, which is why I'm much more optimistic on this Ridge Holland story than others have been. That I feel they have, like, yes, they have some some odd misses as well, uh, with some uh, some as well. Maybe people that can see into the future, but um, I I really think like what they did with Von Wagner. This was a guy that I thought was going to be cut, and instead, I think they have turned him around to be someone that like the audiences cares about. I don't know if this guy will ever make it beyond NXT, but I do feel like they tapped into a real story with him and told it in in a way that. Um, was a life raft for this character that I thought was floundering. I don't think he's necessarily Im- improved kind of speaking wise, but his character, it's just the character. It. The word, it, he's yes. so endearing. And like, yeah, it, totally. it yes. doesn't matter. He doesn't need to be an MJF with his dialogue. He's just this big gentle giant who you really totally. want to root for. And it's completely worked this year. <laughs> I can't believe it. Lawlick's a figure now that people at least care about now. Yeah, it's yeah. the perfect way to put it. Shout out Von Wagner, who yeah. got a reference on the Best of Show. <laughs> Best um, character. I oh. went with... Oh, sorry, Way. Oh, it's sorry. okay, John. <laughs> um, so I know that this person is not a wrestler, but in my opinion, if you're somebody who is on screen on any sort of regular basis, you're going to qualify for these categories. So I went with my worst on the mic of 2023, Tony Khan. Um, <laughs> He, to me, is by far the most awkward public speaker who regularly <laughs> appears on television in pro wrestling. I think, I think he's perfectly fine when he's speaking as himself at press conferences, um, despite maybe, you know, how I think um, robotic or at least like predictable his, uh, some of his answers are these days. I think he comes across more than OK, but it's when he he's tasked to appear on camera to convey any of his several announcements this year's, he still very much comes across like a deer in the headlights. And um, they've tried different things like pairing him with various interviewers to help it. But it's it's still really not 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 working in my opinion um uh, he's the right person to del- del- deliver the announcements but i just really wish that you know in in, in this year he's he'll be able to maybe figure out something that's able to make him sound a bit more natural all right what a what a an array of choices we had for uh worst on the mic in i love tony khan screaming when he's nine days what was the when he introduced the, the athlete that, that guy he was yeah in- he's like oh He's screaming. Oh, man. I, I agree with Wade. Yeah. Next category is best character. Last year, all of us went with Sami Zayn, the honorary Oos. So let us start off with uh, Wade this time for best character. Yeah. Um. Maybe if you've listened to any of my reviews over uh, the past maybe half year, this might come as no surprise. My favorite character currently in professional wrestling is Drew McIntyre. Whatever you want to call this version of Drew McIntyre, you know, um, um, the the sort of truther Drew McIntyre, you know, the person who feels like he was so wrong that he um, will stop at nothing to take his frustrations out on people like Jay Uso or people who like Jay Uso. And to me, it's been one of the most sort of um, more most nuanced and well handled heel turns that I've ever seen in professional wrestling. And it's something I certainly didn't expect out of uh, a WWE character. Um, he, to me, is somebody who's so incredibly well-rounded. And every time he goes out there to talk about whatever justification he has for the action that, that he's doing, he has at least like half of me saying, yeah, you're actually right, Drew. But um, ultimately, it's, it's, it's one of the most organic heel turns that I think we've been able to see. And he's just done such a great job with it. 
and coincides with like reportedly a, a contract that's coming due in just a couple of months and is doing the best work of his career character wise. So, I mean, uh, n- not a bad time to be in a, such a prominent role. Let's go next to Davey with best character. I went for Swerve Strickland. I think he's had an incredible year and just uh, he's someone we've been watching for a long time from his his NXT run. And we we've always uh, been a fan of his work. But this is the year he really elevated himself to being a main eventer. I completely see him becoming world champion in the next year. The whole act with Prince Nana just it it kind of shouldn't work, but it does like having Nana doing all the silly dance makes him even more terrifying when he's just walking right past him looking all sinister. And like, as ridiculous as that home invasion angle was, I thought he was still very captivating in it. And uh, yeah, I, I just think he's had, had such a run this year. I'd add he has some of the best gear. Uh, he always looks like a, a super villain when he's coming out with his like fur coat on and stuff. But I think it was the Texas death match. He wore the Bray Wyatt slash Terry Funk yes, inspired right, gear yeah. as well, which was really clean. So, yeah. So yeah. Big fan of Swerve. Uh, I, my honorable mention was Shinsuke Nakamura, who I just, I love what they've done with this heel character, with the incorporation of like um, the, the animations that we just saw recently with the Cody Rhodes thing. I enjoyed American Nightmare Before Christmas. Some opinions may vary, but I just think he's such a compelling figure that I knew was in there, but I just thought they had so extinguished any life in this character and um it, to me, he has been one of the real shining lights of this past year of creative that they have taken somebody that I think most had written off as just another like cast off on the show and turned into someone that they felt enough that they could build up to a program with Seth Rollins. And they had a great match on pay-per-view. And since he has come out of that title program, they've still kept him in like a semi-serious like heel role now feuding with with cody uh but my character best character of the year was christian cage the patriarch and just his work all year long he was phenomenal um i just think he has added so much i think that they will they will get there with nick wayne i think his attachment is going to do wonders for him and we probably are in store for like a several month program as well with kill switch involved here too so you know it you could argue this guy at least um uh, speaking wise, I think this is the best work he has done in his career and it's at 50. And yet, you know, the work look at like him and Adam Copeland, who just tore it up at uh, world's end at the en- end of the year. So I would like, certainly there is that kind of balance of like how far you go with, with somebody that's, you know, up there in age. But I mean, the work has spoken for itself that this guy there's points this past year where I think he reached like top heel status in AEW and some people might place him there today. So there you go. Um, the guy that I, I would say has more heat right now than the devil. So it's Christian Cage, best character. I, I agree with you, John. I'm jumping in. I, he He's my best character of 2023 as well. The patriarch before he even got the name, it was, it was, it was really, he was my favorite talker this year. I know I picked MJF, but like you, you were getting nervous when this guy was cutting promos with when, when he had the promo off with Ric Flair, we were like, oh, okay, what's he going to say <laughs> when he had the promo battle? When, when he met Nick Wayne in the ring, it was like, oh my God. When the Von Ericks were visiting, I was sweating as well. But like the the whole go fuck yourself was just like the funniest thing this year. This guy was telling everyone's their dads were dead and all this and that. He was just so I evil. also think I, he's evolved past just the shock. 
stuff like that stuff yeah, works sure. for for a period to shock people now it's just like it's just great like people hate this character and he doesn't even have to go for the shock value of stuff like i know he's brought up like adam copeland's mother and stuff but it's like it's not the crux of the promo it's like this is an asshole but it's like there's far more to it now than just coming out and having the zingers um in store so yeah i think he's actually evolved from when he started this run i mean this guy has gone from like basically like being a a terrible human to this like 18 year old kid to now becoming his stepfather and now like really becoming his stepfather with like nick wayne's mom it's just like keeps evolving and you you said it like i've loved christian his whole career but for some reason this year he just really stood out as one of the big heels in aid this year he was the heel mjf became our scumbag and like somewhat of a baby face whereas this guy you just love to hate and he does his job perfectly i i love to hate christian cage so the patriarch best character now we go to worst character where last year way selected lacey evans and myself davy and brayden all went with scripts <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh he's still on tv by the way except now he's in a gang but he's without the mud and oh, uh, yeah. we'll see if he that. is uh, out of the running for worst character. Uh, let's start off with Braden with the worst character of 2023. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, okay. Where do I even go with this? I had. Okay, I'll just go with it. I'm going to go with QTV. If you remember what QTV is. Uh, QT Marshall and co we're doing a tmz character and i'm completely fine with that you're like c mid-level card type things but then they tried to rehab will hobbs and that's where i got a little upset you chose to get this huge guy who's finally going to break through from being in different groups and you put him in qtv so all those segments with them like laughing doing the the tmz ripoff like promos and everything backstage yeah (laughs) yeah like oh my god like it's 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 qt doing the like he's got what the stanley cup drinking thing there uh, whatever the the mugs and stuff like it was just so abysmal it was so bad and then they brought in johnny dynamite is that yeah oh man so uh yeah chch is better than qtv never forget that was the sign there thank you way for finding that but yeah qtv was was awful and in hindsight like i think it's something i might re-watch in years to come being like oh yeah remember that was a thing so so AEW fans pour one out for qt marshall because he he might be showing up on another show maybe possibly but uh yeah that was that was a pretty bad character this year i have lots of honorable mentions but i'll wait maybe wait to see what you guys get off your chest well, I'm going to second QTV. I'm not going to second your notion that I will ever be sitting down to rewatch these god segments that were terrible. There was never one that I found to be interesting. It seemed to be we want to be cute and inside, and it was so lame, um, even right down to, like, the set. I mean, I understand it's supposed to look cheap, but it was – I thought, like, these segments were something that, like, if I was AEW, I wouldn't want these on – my television it made aw feel so uncool that these were even there they were never funny they were such cheap attempts to think like we're so clever and cute no one got over from these it was you could honestly take these individual parts and they probably would have like i think harley cameron can have a role in aw i thought qt on his own you could find some role for him um johnny tv but together it was just it brought everybody down that much further Hobbs unfortunately got saddled with this thing too that he was involved in this 
it was they were just they were poorly written poorly executed and i always dreaded when that graphic came up so that, that was my pick uh with an honorable mention to tyrus but let's go to Davey. i went for the young bucks um big fan of the young bucks i think they're like top tier talents in ring but what was this year they had i i thought they seemed completely unmotivated i didn't get their kind of characters motivations at all all year um you had a hot match coming up with um ftr a rematch everyone was looking forward to but it seemed cold going into it they had that sit down interview didn't really seem to want to be there uh obviously i think a lot might have been the the big cloud over AEW with CM Punk, but just, I, I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the match with uh, Jericho and Omega and the whole freak out after um, just, I feel they're incredibly cold as characters. And um, the fact that they were dragging kind of Kenny and hangman into their stuff when they could have been doing some great single stuff as well. I just, I just found them really like, they really put me off this year and i really hope whatever they come back with is something fresh because i feel they've just been doing the same stuff now for for years and there hasn't been any evolution and it just i just felt like i was watching two people that didn't really want to be there which um yeah which is disappointing because i i they have some of my favorite matches and i love watching the young bucks in matches but um i there just needs to be some development when they come back and if the rumored Colt Cabana, Brandon Cutler faction, is it? That ain't something I want to see. <laughs> and rounding it out his way with his worst character of the year. Um, I went with Nikki Cross and uh, whatever the character is, is is supposed to be. You know, I feel like she's been doing this for like the entire year where occasionally they'll put her into the background as some form of Easter egg. I believe they're trying to like create something with Candice LeRae and her at some point. That was dropped. Um uh she i guess is good for like an occasional i don't know gag for like a halloween themed episode but even then i think there are far better attempts at doing what she's she does um it's just you know a a long time now and and i don't think there's been any evolution or any sort of direction towards where this character should be going beyond just a bit of a one note hey like here's somebody who looks blankly into the camera type of thing so uh that was my pick Moving I, I have I have a few honorable mentions quickly uh, for worst mm-hmm. character. Joe Gacy, he went from feuding with he, he had druids and stuff a year ago. But then this year he had a cult with the Rock's daughter and GYV. That was really bizarre. Uh, and then he, what he kind of joked that he was going to commit suicide on an episode of NXT jumping off the roof. Kind yeah. of that was something that happened. So, yeah, he, he, he dressed up like Jeffrey Dahmer. He's been drinking coffee. On, I don't know what the hell Hiding is under the ring. Yeah, it's just been like super bizarre. Another one on NXT is Nathan Frazier's home harding truths hit thing. He thinks he's John Oliver. He thinks he's got a, like a talk show. Not as bad as QTV, but it's pretty bad. And then also worst character, the devil. I was not fine with it, but it was whatever. But as soon as the devil and co got like matching track jackets with the devil logo all over it, like the Joker's like buddies or goons i was totally over that so yeah there's a there was a bunch of bad characters but all of those come to mind next up is best weekly tv show last year actually the last two years it's been a clean sweep of aew dynamite will the streak be interrupted davy portman 
I think this is an interesting year because I, I don't think uh, AEW's had the smoothest year. And I do think shows like NXT have really stepped up and has, has been quite enjoyable this year. But I would still go with AEW Dynamite. I think the matches they produce on a weekly basis are really unmatched by any other TV show. Um, and despite like some you know, storytelling elements that I haven't maybe been so fond of and certain decisions like, you know, heating up a guy like a Takeshita or a, a Daniel Garcia for them to disappear for, for months. Um, there's certainly stuff I don't like about AEW in this last year, but Dynamite for me still is the clear winner of best TV show. How about you, Way? I too went with AEW Dynamite. Yes, we will have a lot of complaints um, about AEW this year and uh, booking, but I think as a two-hour viewing product, I still get really excited whenever it's Wednesday and it's 8 p.m. And um, because I know that the standard of wrestling that I'll be able to see and just overall the standard of um, even uh, just um, in-ring promos and, and just as a TV show, I know I'm, I'm going to be in for something of a, of a very high quality. And as long as WWE be raw even though it's gotten better um as long as it stays three hours at the pace that it continues to be i i, I just don't see that ever changing uh, for first run programming at least yeah i would certainly say i think people are a lot higher on raw and nxt this year but i, I still feel you're you're coming from a, a place where it, like there's still a lot of ground to make up it when we're just assessing these in terms of show quality um, I'm actually going to go away from Dynamite, and it might not be the, the popular pick among many, but I am going to go with Collision because I think that as much uh, drama that was surrounding Collision, I think in the post-CM Punk period, number one, you had – I personally like the pacing of Collision a lot more. I think that like some of just the, the match building that they do, typically the main event gets uh, a lot more breathing room, and – from the period that Punk left, this became the Brian Danielson show. And like quietly, you had um, that Texas death match with Ricky Starks, um, a number one contenders match with Danielson and Swerve, a 25-minute match with Danielson and Christian. Then we get into the Continental Classic, where I do feel like the big attraction was like Danielson's weekly match that you were getting specific on collision uh, each week as well. And I thought like this was... Um, you know, from his matches with uh, Eddie Kingston, Andrade, and and then with Daniel Garcia as well, were just uh, some of the matches that he had on Collision. So I I've, I think that it's the combination with Dynamite that makes Collision tougher for people to catch up and and be watching every week. I think Saturday is Saturday is not all right for fighting. It is not the night for more pro wrestling. Um, so I think that has been the toughest part of it. But I I typically come away with, with this show where I'm pretty happy with these two hours and uh, wish there weren't so many other hours uh, to keep up with. Uh, but let us go on over to uh, Braden. Yeah, I, I love AEW Dynamite. It's even on a bad episode, I'm like, oh, that was, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with Way. It's like if every Wednesday, I'm like, even if I'm, I'm, I'm working or I have to watch it later or the next day, it's like that's the show I, I have not missed in a week. Like I always tend to check it out. And yeah, there's stuff we can nitpick that we don't like, especially this year. And they've had a pretty tough year. But at the end of the year, it's it's been my my highlight. I don't always watch collision i definitely cherry pick a lot of the stuff on that show but dynamite i i tend to watch all the way through every week and 
and and it's it there's there's such good wrestling on it i feel like it's still the show that's made for me like a, a early 30s guy who used to love wrestling that it still reignited my my fandom for it and i know wwe's really picking up steam and and had a fantastic year and going into it but i can't sit through a three-hour raw i've tried watching raw and smackdown this this year a lot more and i still can't really sink my teeth into it the way i used to as a kid so dynamite still has my full attention and the wrestling always hits so best show this year for me and way uh i think i went didn't yeah, i did you go? sorry yeah we're, we're it's late. okay <laughs> we can go we can go to the chat room where uh jake agrees that he actually enjoys collision more than dynamite uh bruce lord says agreed re-collision no bs great matches less back, backstage silliness uh john Cena says honorable mention to impact wrestling and um and that's about it okay well we're going to continue on the on the best uh with best pay-per-view slash premium live event and we will start things off with way what was the best pay-per-view or ple this past year i went with aw new japan pro wrestling forbidden door 2 uh, which was the event that took place in our city and we had the maybe you know fortune fortune to to, to attend live may and maybe that did kind of skew some of my um sort of uh, decision making but um this had arguably the match of the year on it with will osprey versus kenny omega uh, it had a, an incredibly uh, anticipated match in, in the main event with Kazuchika Okada and Brian Danielson, of course. And I just think uh, up and down the card, every match offered some sort of a specialness um, to it. You know, whether it be MJF versus Tanahashi or even like a weird match like a CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima. I think... Um, it heightened both rosters, you know, uh, and, and made a new Japan roster feel special and made a new Japan or sorry, an AEW roster feel um, very unique, I, I guess, in, in the showcase as well. So that was my pick. Brayden, best pay-per-view. Yeah, again, selfishly this year, we went to a lot of wrestling. The four of us did our, our Forbidden Poor event, shout out that, and anyone who attended, that was the real uh, event of the year for sure, and the wrestling karaoke with luchador masks. But uh, Forbidden Door, I, I as soon as it ended, everyone we were with, all of our friends meeting up afterwards were just like, that was the best wrestling event I've ever attended. It's over. Stop. Find something new to watch. I'll pick up NASCAR or F1 or whatever. It's like... That, it's done. It's it's capped out. It's over. It was so good. So I, I do pick Forbidden Door 2 in Toronto. It just had everything I needed in wrestling. It had New Japan talent being shown in the ACC, in the Scotiabank Arena. Like Okada coming out in the Scotiabank Arena just was like blowing my mind. Only for Danielson to have the final countdown. It was just like, man, everything. Kenny Omega, my favorite wrestler, taking on Osprey. Like it just had every kojima elbowing punk in the dick it had everything going for it so i really love this pay-per-view honestly an honorable mention and if it's not forbidden door it had to be all in again selfishly being there the the live atmosphere was just like unmatched it felt like wrestlemania it felt like wow AEW has done this i i do think they still had a pretty fantastic year and they really did put on some great events but Man, Forbidden Door, like rewatching specifically the one match from that show, but everything on that show was just so special. And I think they really knocked it out the park with that one. Are you going three for three, Davey, on Forbidden Door? I am not. And it actually wasn't my favorite AEW show either. I'd, I'd rate Revolution maybe a tad above that, which had that incredible Texas death match wow. with Hangman Page and John Moxley and the 
MJF Daniel uh, Brian Danielson Iron Man match. But I am going to the WWE and I am going to night one of WrestleMania. Uh, started off with a bit of a rocky start with Austin Theory and John Cena. But after that, it really picked up. I thought that Fatal 4-Way tag match was way better than it had any right of being. It was so much fun. You then had Seth Rollins, Logan Paul, who had a hell of a match. Um, and then going forward to that, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, which might have been the loudest the bar was uh, when we were hosting our event. We mentioned about the entrances earlier, but the whole match was so much fun. Ray spanking Dom with the belt and all that. And then you had Rhea v. Charlotte in an incredible uh, SmackDown women's title match. And then the triumphant return of Shane McMahon, followed by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Uso. So I, I thought it was a hell of a night i really enjoyed night two as well and if you could put the two together i'd probably say the two but night one kind of topped it for me uh i just looking this uh this week putting this category together and going through the aew pay-per-views like whatever you want to say like their pay-per-views were incredible this year like the most negative negativity was attached with world's end that even if you want to look at that as like their weakest pay-per-view, you still got those final three matches on that show with Copeland and Christian and Moxley and Kingston and then MJF and Joe. Um, But like, I had a hard time, like just picking between some of these shows. I thought that um, I thought revolution, which uh, Davey brought up was like a phenomenal show with the 60 minute match and the Texas death match, which might not have even been the best Texas death match that hangman had all year. You can debate that. Um, I thought all out for, I mean, that was a very maligned show coming so quickly after all in, but the show itself just like was incredible with orange Cassidy and Moxley Danielson and starts in that strap match. Um, you had, uh, Takeshita beating Kenny Omega. Uh, but my pick was wrestle dream with, uh, Christian cage and Darby in, in the main event. And then Adam Copeland showing up Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre jr. Finally getting to have their singles match, uh, the Callis family against the golden lovers and Jericho, Plus, you had the first Hangman Page and uh, Swerve Strickland match as well. That uh, not going to be as remembered as the Texas Death match, but it was a really great match as well. So I thought that AEW really hit it out of the park with um, their match quality on pay per views uh, this year. Just in, and also the fact that they added pay per views this year and like the the early returns, like at least for World's End and such, it seems like as though like they are not diminishing their audiences either. So that's interesting to watch next year is what their what their pay-per-view numbers remain at. And do they get a streaming deal with this whole um, domestic rights deal that they are going to be negotiating and how we're going to be consuming AEW pay-per-views after this year uh, on top of it? Um, um, what were our picks last year, John? Oh, for last year. Good question. Let us look at uh, last year's picks for best pay-per-view. Um I picked Forbidden Door, which was the first iteration of it. Braden and Way chose Full Gear, which is where MJF won the title. And Davey Portman, WrestleMania Night One. <laughs> so what clearly the, the real mark. main event. It's it's night one of WrestleMania. So there you there you have it. Um I stand for the fest. <laughs> <laughs> from there, do we have any picks way from the uh from the chat room i wouldn't say anything that that seemed all too different uh, brian says either forbidden door or wrestle dream for him um and yeah that, that not really too many other options here well maybe we will get some for worst pay-per-view slash ple of the year going back a year we had 
Um, I went with NWA Hard Times 3. <laughs> Way chose GCW Spring Break 2, the greatest <laughs> clusterfuck. Braden went with the Royal Rumble. And Davey, uh, making an exception, going away from a pay-per-view, chose the infamous Rampage from Toronto that he bought tickets for. <laughs> Don't get me started. It was a paid purview. I paid to go and yeah. see it. Yeah. A very sore spot with Davey, even all this time later. But let us look now at 2023. Um, can I get us started on, on this one? Absolutely. I, I'm going to uh, stay kind of uh, with my theme. And we're going to go um, to a, a pay-per-view that I think um, 95% of people uh, mispronounced. And that was nwa sawin which took place on october 28th from cleveland ohio this was headlined by ec3 and tom latimer in a no limits match for the nwa world's heavyweight title and when billy corgan is booking a pay-per-view there are no limits to the gimmick matches that you can present because on this 15 match card it included a knights of the round table tables match we had a riddle box six-man tag a burning lake brawl for the national heavyweight title which was uh, one and retaining uh, champion Thrill Billy Silas Mason. Submission match, a rock and roll tag team match. Now, before you ask, what's a rock and roll tag match? That's where if your partner kicks out, you take a shot. Uh, We had a pillar to post match for the NWA junior heavyweight title, a loser leaves NWA match. And just for good measure, we're going to have a devil's last dance ultimate hardcore war where the losers of the match were Sal the Pal and Gags the Gimp who were sent to be forever indentured by Father Jim Mitchell. Yes, Father Jim Mitchell, who on this same show, they cut to as he was snorting coke on this particular (laughs) pay-per-view. That was NWA Sawin, if you happen to miss it, uh, for whatever reason, on October the 28th, and was my pick for worst pay-per-view from the NWA. Way. What was your worst show? I mean, I really feel like I should have kept up with the NWA this year just so I could have some options for my worst of picks. Um, this it's was John Cena's pick, and I don't even have to ask him. I'm sure that's his pick. This was like a really tough category for me, um, along with like worst pay-per-view or, or worst promotion, because I would say by and large, everything I watched this year was a, pr- a pretty good standard. Like I, I was kind of entertained, and I found some redeemable value from almost every like pay-per-view from AEW and WWE. Um you're so negative. <laughs> no, on, I mean, it, it honestly, it, it's tough because uh, I think everything, when you just strictly laid down to um, in-ring content, which pay-per-views still um, pretty much are, everything typically delivers. And if you can maybe point to something being not of the best or maybe slightly below a standard, I suppose you might look at this year's um, Crown Jewel from 2023. Um you know, Roman Reigns versus LA Knight, I thought was fine, but like certainly maybe not. Um, it was a passable match, but maybe not one that um, any of us will be um, pointing towards as like one of Roman's great defenses. Um, and then beyond that, maybe just a bit of a not much going on other than the fact that I think, you know, Solo Sokoa beating John Cena was a significant match for for him. Um, but yeah, you know, again, it was a bit of a hard choice. I don't think I even really hated it fully but i suppose if i had to pick one i like the least it might be that one okay let's go to davy i know there's there's a lot of hate in your heart for some show out there that you watched not so much this year no I, i'm kind of on the same uh trainer's uh way here like i i don't watch nwa i, I don't watch stuff that i i know i'm not going to enjoy and i think did, did you buy tickets to any show this particular year that well not- that that is actually what i'm going for i okay. i'm going i'm going for SummerSlam this year which by all means, I had a great time. Like it was awesome. 
went to Detroit, hung out with all our mates, went to the show. I just think it kind of underdelivered, especially after the back of such a fantastic run of pay-per-views that WWE were having. They had, you know, WrestleMania. They had that incredible backlash show. They had Money in the Bank in London. And then SummerSlam, I felt just underdelivered. Um, matches I was looking forward to, like Drew v. Gunther. We saw the three-way at Mania Night 2, which was excellent. And I just thought the their singles match was a bit meh, which considering the, the year Gunther had, uh, was a bit disappointing. And then that incredibly long main event, which uh, literally put me to sleep. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a terrible show, but of all the ones I saw this year, and considering I did pay and spent a lot of money to go to it, I guess that has to be my pick. But, you know, you also had, we were there for Rio cashing in and winning the title. And there was good stuff on that show as well. But I, I do think it, it was the the end of a very good run that WWE had in 2023. Uh, I'm jumping on that because I also picked SummerSlam as my worst pay-per-view. I also was there, also spent money to go. But at the end of the day, like it wasn't, I didn't have a bad time. I don't regret going. Yeah, again. I regretted going to Rampage. I didn't regret going to SummerSlam. <laughs> we, had, we had a ton of fun. They took over downtown Detroit. It was super cool to see the city come alive and people going to this event. Everyone was in good spirits, but... There was a lot of bad wrestling on it. There was some good stuff, but like everything on it was just kind of meh and everything kind of let me down. You kind of mentioned the Gunther match. I'd say the Seth Finn Balor match also kind of let me down. Uh, LA Knight won this like Slim Jim Battle Royal, which is like, okay, even when he was like the most over characters. Uh, but then the main event literally put Davey to sleep. And if you're laughing at that, don't worry because where I was sitting, Davey was beside me asleep. My girlfriend was beside me asleep on the other side. Our our other friend who was on the other side was also asleep. The four people in front of me also asleep. Oh, let me I can keep going because I have a video of fucking hundreds of people in this loud ass 40 plus thousand stadium whatever thing sleeping yeah. during a main event match. So, yeah. Like way too long. So, 36, 36 minutes. minutes something. Like, yeah. just insane. So, yeah. I, I still had a fun time going to the show. And when WWE takes over a city, they really do. But at the end of the day, coming back, I'm like, that show kind of sucked. Even Cody Brock was like, eh. Was I fun. like Cody Brock. I thought I thought Cody Brock was good. But yeah. apart from that. Mm. So, I, I well, do pick that as worst pay-per-view. Well, if Davey can... Uh, include a, a new category uh i think i can include one too uh from that particular weekend and i think we're all gonna vote for it uh i'm not gonna say it was the worst show but the worst wrestling venue was harpo's for oh, oh david didn't go to that yeah yeah i went, oh, we david went didn't that. go dude i have never seen way have a yeah can i change my pick <laughs> Was that, that the one they sucked. advertised Jeff Hardy and then he came out at the very end and just went, hey, guys, thanks. Come to my that concert. It was unbearable. It I was so hot in this building that it was um, it was just uh, oh. criminal for these performers to have to perform under much, much less us. With, and we uh, were warned, actually, before we got there. Yeah, yeah. that was a that was, was a tough watch. Uh, just we had the fan. Watch. We had we had the fan, and then people were passing blunts. I still had a good time, but it was it was real hot and sweaty. And you know dirty. what was lovely though? After that, that evening, going to that bar and Derek Dave, Dave, just friend bought drinks for the entire city. High life. Oh yeah, yeah. We went really hard in Detroit, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. we we we're hardcore. We party in Detroit. <laughs> 
On to best promotion. Uh, the last two years, it's been a clean sweep of AEW. Will the streak continue? I will start, and I am going this year with WWE as the best promotion. I think creatively, they had a gigantic rejuvenation. I think just of audience and fan engagement, it is night and day from the Vince McMahon period to now. And more importantly, it was reflected in their business from live events to uh, just all of these markers that they set in 2023. They went through a merger. They went through... um, you know, at a time when this company could not possibly book a babyface, they now have an overabundance of them. They are now in a position where they have too many main events for nights of WrestleMania that they have, like the matches that they have at their disposal that their audience wants. Um, it's just overall, like it's it's the biggest money generating company by leaps and bounds, and now it is coupled with a fan engagement that at a time when they could have greatly struggled with, with television numbers. Like they have held up remarkably well. Um, mo- like this past um, season, they were up against Monday night football on both ABC and ESPN with the games being simulcast and, you know, raw, you know, they, they have taken some of their lumps on certain weeks, but overall, like they were just up against that, um, that massive audience for the Rose bowl. And you've got the rock coming back and, Dude, they did a tremendous number uh, last Monday. They just they have so much um, interest that I, I think like they were the clear promotion of the year. But let us see if there are other options as well. Uh, we'll go to Davey next for best promotion. It could be a clean sweep because I'm also going with WWE. Um, it's it completely got my interest again this year after years of being kind of a jaded fan. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned earlier that incredible run of pay per views at the beginning of the year. Uh, making the decision to go to different markets, you know, going to Montreal, going to uh, Puerto Rico, going to London. They're going to be going to Australia next month, uh, going to Berlin and France, Paris and, France and all this. Um, yeah, it's uh, but just for the first time in years, having top baby faces that people care about, like which. And, and isn't it wild that when the product is being received better, like you're not getting these fans hijacking the shows, the fans that just want to make it about the, isn't it wild that when a product is better received, the audience responds in kind. It's, it's, it's a wild thing to experience. Exactly. The, the TV's been way better. Like uh, I don't work Monday night. So I often throw on raw in the background while, whilst doing stuff. And I've actually been quite enjoying it. There's been some good matches on there. NXT's turned itself around completely. Um, you you mentioned the business side has been been great, but yeah, I, I just think it's been such a a much more enjoyable product in the last year. You know, hell froze over as well. They got CM Punk back, something that people never thought was going to happen. Um, so yeah, I, I think they had a hell of a year. The creative's been good. I like how there's long term storylines now, and people don't forget things that happened three years ago. These are these characters are human beings that everything they've done in their life informs the person they are today. It's not that, oh, well, tomorrow I'm going to be a heel and therefore the character I was before this doesn't exist. Everything makes sense. And I, I as a fan, appreciate that. How about you, Way? Yeah, this was an interesting category to decide on this year um, because, you know, going through a lot of our picks um, in the other categories, a lot of our choices are AEW choices. 
Yet, when I think about best promotion overall, I agree it's the WWE this year. And I ask, I guess I ask myself why. And I feel like there are a lot of um, peaks and valleys when it comes to um, AEW's product this year. A lot of highs are the highest highs you can have, maybe as a professional wrestling fan, certainly in ring. But for me, watching every single week, week to week, um, to me, the consistency belongs to the WWE. I think their storytelling... Well, you're finally seeing um, a WWE that is taking full advantage of its tremendous resources where they can now actually, you know, go out and hire the best wrestlers, hire the best creatives. And um, when you don't have this sort of um, huge obstacle in a Vince McMahon um, stopping you from achieving your potential, you got to see what the WWE could achieve this year. Um, I, you know, being able to, I think, satisfy international audiences, being able to creatively satisfy viewers. Um, you're, they're allowing their talents to, to actually grow and they've done a great job of building new stars over the past year as well. So uh, I go with the WWE. All things that you can also say about wow. Women of wrestling, right? Braden is your pick. I mean, yeah, you got to give an honorable mention to, wow, they've just been uh, knocking it out the park with such characters as uh, Goldie Collins, the dog trainer who's a personal favorite, BK Rhythm, the white rapper. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. The, 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 the governor's daughter. Yeah, wow is obviously my not my pick, but I do, I do love wow. Don't get me wrong. And you can watch it on CHCH. But uh, – this is weird because AW had a fantastic year. They did Wembley Stadium. They had what ninety thousand fans or whatever the four thousand, whatever the number is that they said that Osprey got tattooed on his arm. But like, as much as I love them, yeah, like the proof is in the pudding of WWE being the best they've ever been in. Fantastic, like they've just been so good this year. With I, I don't watch Raw and SmackDown as much as maybe I should, and I still don't like it when I do. But their pay per views, still my promotion of the year. But but their pay-per-views were so good. Like, WrestleMania, mm-hmm. both nights were the best maybe in years. Since, like, being a fan, I, I felt like it was, like, the best weekend of a WrestleMania that they've had in so long. And, yeah, like you said, they brought Punk back. They they had this crazy run with Roman Reigns and Sammy and just, like, planning things outside. I think Triple H taking over creative shows, like, what they can do and where they'll go in the, in the future. And... Yeah, uh, as much as I still love AEW's shows a bit more, I think overall, like, WWE just killed it. I think of all the the friends or, like, casual fans that kind of jumped back on to wrestling this year because it was just so captivating. And like you said, there's so many characters that you can jump on. You can be such a fan of Cody, and you can be such a fan of Roman, and now Punk is back. And it's just, like, there's so much things going on, and you can't, you can't dismiss some of the good stuff AEW's done this year, but in overall, WWE has really done a good job. We've noticed hosting these events, these watch parties, uh, did WrestleMania nights one and two and Survivor Series, which sold out pretty quickly. We tried to do one for double or nothing and the interest just wasn't there. So we, we pulled the plug on it. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, there's definitely, it's, it's got people again. Yeah, the rock coming back yeah. too. Like it's just like things coming back. WWE is just kind of kicking it and going into full gear mode and just going back the way it kind of was. And it's it's very interesting to see. So yeah, as much as I really loved AEW's pretty much like overall matches and stuff, but when it comes to everything as a whole, like WWE is still just just killing it this year. Vince is gone, so you know. 
So we move on over to worst promotion. Last year, me and Braden went with the NWA and Way and Davey chose wrestling entertainment series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What the hell is that? AOP. They're back. Exactly. Yes. Oh. AOP's legacy outside of WWE. Uh, so this year, um, let us start off. I'm just going to get mine out of the way. It's, uh, I don't consider this a cop-out. I know it's not professional wrestling, but it's got to fit in somewhere for, to encapsulate the year that was 2023. My worst promotion was Power Slab. Way. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know that qualified. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that qualified, John. Well, All I'm right. letting it qualify. I'm confused. It, Power it, Slab. It followed pro wrestling. Oh, okay, it's, right. It's, it's, it's something. I mean, I didn't watch a second of it, but I, I suppose again, this was a tough one because, like, again, of all the wrestling that I watch, I thought everything was really good. So, you know, we might like be looking back at 2023, being able to say, "Wow, look how great WWE is," and look how, by contrast, bad AEW was. That's really not the story. Both companies had very good years. Professional wrestling is great right now. So, I, I of the of the things I watch regularly, I really can't pick a worse promotion. Um, but I guess if I had to pick now, knowing that this qualifies, I'm going to go with power slap as well. It's it, can I just pick that too? It, Cause I agree with the way it's like, I don't want to pick some like really, well, what did NW- you have before I, I had NWA and, uh, it's not that I've, you know, sat through that unfortunate pay-per-view cause that sounds terrible, but, uh, it was, it was just one line from Billy Corgan. Who's like, if you don't like Tyrus, then you don't like professional wrestling. And it's like, Bro, get out of here. Though so I I've checked out some of NWA and I tell you, it stinks. It really does. Yeah, I've got to break my own rule of picking something I don't watch and it is NWA. Just everything like I mean from a promotional point of view, they don't do anything that makes me want to watch what they're <laughs> providing. So, it makes it the worst promotion. Fair enough for me. Yeah, fair enough. That's a great rationale. You shouldn't be watching your winner. For <laughs> don't <worst> watch promotion. <laughs> the worst by reputation. Exactly. Mm. Final three, and then we got to get into likely unlikely. So we're gonna uh, we're we're gonna keep the uh, keep things moving here. Match of the year. There was a lot of options for 2023, and we might go all over the place. Maybe we will be uh, unanimous. But Braden, kick things off for your best match of 2023. What were uh, last year's? Oh, last year's. Yes, let's look at last year. Um, I had FTR and the Briscoes, the double dog collar match from Final Battle. Way, you went with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins from Hell in a Cell, and both Braden and Davey went with Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville from Night 2 of the <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, my, my pick this year is pretty similar to my pick last year, and it's Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay Part Which 2 one? in Toronto, the one we are at live, in Forbidden Door 2, in Toronto, the Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, this was incredible. Two of my favorite wrestlers of all time finally meeting for the second time. I loved their part one at the at the Wrestle Kingdom show in, in Tokyo Dome. I've watched both these matches back a bunch. I've shown both these matches. I kind of count them as one, as weird as that sounds. Obviously, I'm I'm being biased because I was at the second one, so I'm obviously going to pick that one. But it just felt so incredible being there live and even watching it back. The the kick out of the one winged angel at one from Will Osprey uh, from Kenny from on from Will Osprey. Yeah, uh, the the tiger driver, the shock. Of, of it all happening. Uh, I even like the Canadian flag being used. Uh, what's that little kid we know? Steven, Steven. Uh, who was there in the front row, got the flag at the very end there back. Yeah, the but, Michael's spot. Yeah, yeah. Just like it had, it had the like violence of Will just like getting revenge on Kenny from the first match, just like beating him to a pulp. 
but it had a bit of like the sports entertainment stuff with that flag and like some of the stuff. So I just really got sucked into that match and don't think I've ever felt like my, my like soul leave my body while being at a wrestling match when like, like I said, the kickouts and the tiger drivers and the finish. So it, it really was up between this and their first encounter at the Tokyo dome, but I just love this match so much. And I, I, I watch it often now. So yeah, I'm going with these two and I can't wait if we maybe one day get a part three rubber match. Davey, you were nodding there. Is this also your pick or did you have something else? It's my pick as well. Yeah. Like just, an incredible match being there live the the atmosphere the just the the buzz from the crowd from that kick out on one and just the gasp of horror from that tiger driver 91 just dumping kenny on his head um in a year where you know kenny didn't have a whole lot of singles matches and it's that's what i want to see him in uh, obviously he's had health issues and stuff but i want to see him in big singles matches and to get that like in our hometown, just down the road from us, sitting there watching it. Um, and in in my opinion, they did go above and beyond their first match, which was still excellent. It's probably my number two. Um, just, yeah, an incredible series of matches and can't wait uh, for if and when they do a part three. Well, I, I did go with the first match. I went with Wrestle Kingdom 17. Um, I just, like, both matches, I don't think you can go wrong with either pick. I think that Omega and Osprey, first of all, um, the first match, you can't mention it without the promo from the press conference from Will Osprey. That was the best promo of his career. And I think if he can channel that, um, now he's going to be in positions where he's going to be cutting a lot more uh, promos on a weekly basis. I mean, that that was a very unique set of circumstances and talking about, you know, coming to new Japan, keeping the doors open during COVID and such. Like it was, it was outstanding. And then the match you watch this, I I think it would be among people's uh, best matches that they had ever seen. It would be in that type of conversation. And the second match, I mean, you had to follow this one in, in January as well. So I, I can understand why uh, people lean towards that one, but I, I gave the nod to wrestle kingdom 17 way your pick. Uh, I want to give an honorable mention. My my favorite um, women's match I saw this year was Queen Queen's Quest versus Oedo Tai from um, Stardom Sunshine, their elimination cage match. As somebody who only steps into Stardom very occasionally, um, I was plenty like impressed at the amount of storytelling that was involved in a match like this. Um, simply um, coming down to a very emotional, you know, climax uh, by the end. My match of the year though was not any of the two that you chose um but it was Sora Strickland versus Hangman Page the Texas death match from Full Gear I maybe think by the end of the year um of the match that I want to remember this year for the most and it is incredibly unusual that I think deathmatch wrestling um is able to be presented on such a big stage and I think for it to um receive as much positive acclaim as it has um I this was the most visceral sort of reaction I've had to any professional wrestling match. I feel like um, an Osprey versus Omega, both of them, they're incredible. But I feel like I've seen versions of that in prior years. This is probably the only year where I feel like um, 
I'll I'll have this match, you know, to to remember by. Um, and it's not just because of the gore. It's not just about I think of uh, you know maybe the the shock value attached to it. But I think there was legitimately great storytelling here. You're talking about a guy who is getting revenge for somebody threatening his child, his baby breaking into his home and so of course you would justify somebody's use of a staple gun um (laughs) multiple times you would justify even the feeling of drinking that person's blood because you just want to kill that person i thought they effectively conveyed all of that and delivered just an incredible performance with both of them or a sort of mainly i guess you know uh half dead here um nailing a lot of creativity in, in into this but also um flawlessly executing a lot of the technique that i think they're called upon to uh to to do on a big big stage so i'll, I'll always remember this match it's my match of the year um, I'm just going to throw in a few honorable mentions too that I, yeah. I, I did not mention, but um, like certainly like bell to bell, was this going to be my match of the year? No, but I think we look above and beyond, especially in this climate for things that are going to resonate with you that you're going to feel something from. And in terms of a match presentation, I don't know if anything was better this year than the Mudo retirement with Tetsuya Naito. I thought, and I went into this where I, I wasn't necessarily I was just curious to see if they could pull this off in any meaningful fashion. And from the, the way that they presented Mudo's retirement with the video and then the entrances and here they came out and all we're talking about is Mudo doing a moonsault. And if this guy's going to destroy his knees and it's a spot where he climbs up and he knows he can't do it. And it turned into like this really like, it just, it, it, it's, it suddenly became like more than just a wrestling match. It was like this man's own fight with his, his understanding of his uh of his mortality and and then you got like again it was it was nothing special like if you're just watching this without any context or without the understanding but then you get like mudo and the person he is forever linked with in masahiro chono uh right afterwards like in terms of 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 a retirement presentation i don't know if anything has ever hit this level um that that i have um that i have seen i just thought that it was a a wonderful presentation of professional wrestling uh, with a character that has many, uh, you can say plenty negative about in Mudo um, professionally, personally, but I mean, in terms of like what, and they drew over 30,000 people. Like this was this, this beat the Tokyo dome last year and this year for new Japan. Um, So this meant a lot. And I don't know how many more of these they have of figures in Japanese wrestling culture that can elicit such a, an attention for their retirement, at least of, of that era of, of wrestlers. There's, there's a few honorable mentions this year. Like there was so many great matches. You talk about like, not just like bell to bell, but the WrestleMania night one, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos with little Uzi Vert there for reasons like that match was incredible i think of uh Gunther Dan- grew and sheamus at yeah that was, that was one of the best wrestlemania matches i think ever um, yeah that was exactly. up there and that kind of just got um you know it, it, so many matches get lost in the shuffle because they come at such a uh such a fast clip that you forget about some of these Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, that is one is like up there, man. For me. Oh, like, yeah. Danielson and MJF, just... the, the Broadway yeah, the match. Iron Man. I also, like, way, like, um, have you rewatched the Moxley, uh, Moxley Hangman death match recently? No, I have not. I yeah. threw that on yesterday doing our top 10 list. And man, like, it's, I think the, the I love the swerve match as well. But I think there's a lot of recency bias as well, because 
man, that that death match, I got the same feeling as that swerve it match. Yeah. It's incredible. There were so many good matches. The, this year was it was hard to pick, but obviously Osprey having this incredible year and like the feud with Kenny kind of kicking it off with those two matches stand out but there's so like danielson you mentioned earlier like the run of matches he had mjf man really helped carry aw he had some great matches on on tv and pay-per-view as well but there was like so many belt about orange cassidy with the ic title run on on dynamite moxley yeah, Mox match yeah yeah like there's there was some just really good wrestling all all, all companies so it was a great year to be a fan Okay, now we go to the prestigious worst match of the year. Last year, uh, myself, Way, and Braden went with Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. Davey, you chose the Men's Royal Rumble match from 2022. Yeah. So we are now going to go to a, a, a new list for worst matches of the year, and we'll start off with Braden. Oh, man. Okay, up till today, I had a worst match of the year. It was tribal combat because i mentioned legit in my view were like hundreds of people sleeping at a main event wwe pay-per-view however today i watched ec3 versus tyrus from nwa 75 in a bull rope match way already had the graphic loaded and boy like you go into this being like oh how bad can it be it's bad. Almost as bad as EC3's tattoos. It's very fucking bad. So funny. The commentary, I think Velvet Sky on commentary. Yeah. She acts as if this is Cody V. Roman at WrestleMania. Bless her. It's her job to help get the thing I over. I did a good job because I was in another room and thought, this sounds like a hell of a match. And then you come in and then right now. Tyrus does the splash and you're like, what the fuck is this? So, wow. Like, legit should be held accountable for being that fucking awful and billy corgan uh if 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 you don't like tyrus you're not a wrestling fan sorry not a wrestling fan i guess wow (laughs) holy shit man this was bad it was so funny though i recommend it to be honest but i I will say tribal combat was pretty bad and was my pick up until today but uh yeah well I uh, I will admit I I didn't watch EC3 and Tyrus this year. I saw plenty of highlights. If you, I'll link if you, you call highlights, that, that's okay. I'm not going to pick something that that I did not see. I thought there were a few candidates here. Um, amazingly, we got Brock Lesnar and Omos and Shane McMahon and Miz uh, at WrestleMania th- 39. Um, each of which I I could go with, but I am going to go for a more recent match. And it's very rare that we see these on national television where something just completely falls apart in front of our eyes. And that was Rhea Ripley against Maxine from December 11th, uh, a few weeks ago. I mean, it was just, it was a case of, I think Maxine, who is only a handful of matches into her career, just thrown way too far into the deep end on live television and this is what happened. I think sometimes we take for granted when we see um, a bad bunny or people that have rehearsed their matches over and over and you have the luxury of the PC to prepare all of this. And this was like, this is not someone in Maxine who is out there working house shows every weekend that then gets to a television match. Like she has had, uh, I think two singles matches in her career. And uh, like, I don't put the fault necessarily on her. Like this was just, you know, way over your head to do just a a singles match on television. But it does tell us like in, in this era where match quality is at such a high, we don't typically see something like this happen on national television. Um, But that was my pick way worst match of the year. Um, 
I want to give honorable mention to Britt Baker versus Ty Valkyrie from AEW Dynamite. Um, oh. Two very good wrestlers, um, but not with each other for whatever reason. Um, just just a lot of unusual botches and, and just a real lack of chemistry um, for two veterans. And uh, I I hope they get the chance to to redo it and, and maybe you know do do their actual sort of a skill level justice. But I too took the time to watch EC3 versus <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, I, I like how category. both of you are such professionals that you knew you wanted to pick this, but yeah, you feel yeah. I have to watch it to confirm my thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think I, I have to be extra hard on a match that that's supposed to be at the very top of a card to sell a pay per view, and um, for the length that these two went out there, and uh, for the quality that they delivered, I, I just, I, it lived up to the billing, honestly, as um, what a lot of people are choosing might maybe as last year's worst. This match was his retirement year. match, right? Uh, yes. For yeah. the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Wow. Well, you can find out more on Fox News with uh, Tyrus. Um, <laughs> there we have it. Was it not everyone? Davey. Davey, your worst match. Uh, yeah, I caught a bit of that match when Brayden was watching it. It wasn't good. Uh, I, I'm going to stick to tribal combat. Uh, same reasons I said with Because you were asleep. <laughs> yeah, because I was asleep. Uh, but I, I see in the room people saying the. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Deathmatch between Jeff Jarrett and Jeff Hardy. But I can't possibly pick that because Braden and I had such a fun time because we were in the airport lounge in Pearson Airport uh, before our trip to London. And we had unlimited drinks in the lounge. Open bar in this lounge. Open bar, uh, (laughs) as much food as we can eat. And we were watching AEW on my laptop and had a great time watching this match. Yeah, so you got to appreciate it. Could not possibly pick that. Yeah, the wrestle crap of this. Like it's so good and we were watching this on Davy's laptop. We're doing shots in this bar and businessmen in this walking by. They're like, like what? "What the fuck are these guys <laughs> watching? Who's this chainsaw guy?" So you can't pick that as the worst match because it was so good, but yeah. Why, why is chainsaw two words on this graphic? Chainsaw. Yeah. Also a women of wrestling uh, roster member, superstar, yeah. chainsaw. She's got a giant chainsaw on her leg. Nice. All right. Those are our worst matches of the year. And now we bring it up to our final award of the year. It is biggest story of the year. And this is this is funny because two years ago, it was a clean sweep, CM Punk's return. Last year, it was a clean sweep, Vince McMahon's resignation. So things that have nothing to do with the past year. Uh, so now we go to story of the year. Uh, I'm going to start things off and I don't think you got anything bigger than the TKO merger um, between WWE and UFC, the ramifications of which I think are still to be um, truly discovered between these companies, what it means for each side, what it means for their television deals, pay-per-view as in terms of like how we're going to be consuming all of these different products as well. These are a lot of powerful figures that are now under the same roof and a big question about like what Vince McMahon's future will be in this entity. If he is going to have uh, a meaningful role in this company, is this going to be a title that he holds? But I mean, it's, it's very evident from WWE. Like we are living in a time now where outside of the, the period that he stepped away due to the scandal in 2022, like this is, this is the most out of power in terms of, or I should say, like lack of influence that Vince McMahon has on the WWE product you're consuming uh, at, at the moment. So next up way, biggest story of the year. Um, you know, there are a lot of big stories o- over the past year. Uh, the deaths of Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, the death of Jay Briscoe. Um, CM Punk is fired. CM Punk is 
um, back. And uh, all of those, of um, you know, were big in their own right. But I suppose for like a uh, industry changing type of story, I do have to also agree that it's Endeavor um, buying WWE, merging it with the UFC to form TKO. It's um, a story that I mean, maybe n- might not be as um, I don't know salacious or, or attractive to talk about or to gossip about, but it's one with um, huge ramifications that we might not even be completely privy to. And I think that's maybe their goal is to make everything feel as normal and as same as possible. But internally uh, in the years to come, I mean, um, it's hard to think of a bigger story than the WWE being sold off to somebody else. Braden, what was the biggest story of the year? Yeah, it's, it's, it's possibly a clean sweep. I mean, this was everywhere being a wrestling fan pretty much all my life. This is something that's like, Oh wow. Okay. This is changing things. And obviously merging with UFC and Endeavor and TKO, all that stuff. It's pretty wild. And was talk of everything. Like I work at a TV station. It was all our news were covering it. Every news station was covering it. And it was, it was making waves and rounds everywhere where people were like asking, I mean, you work at a bar and we hang out at bars all the time. People kept being like, oh, man, hear about this like UFC and WWE. They're going to they're going to do shows together. It's like, well, kind of not really. But like it just went everywhere. And to see Vince McMahon kind of finally like sell and, and do this is is pretty crazy. Uh, a big a bigger story could be what what happens if Endeavor need to sell in, in 2024 or going forward. Like it's 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 crazy that this has happened. And it kind of I think. uh as a fan looking at it, you kind of think like, well, maybe this is a good thing because WWE, like I said, has had a good year. And if so far the changes making it good again, then who knows where we could go in the next while. But yeah, easily the biggest story. Davey. Yeah, that was a big story, but you know, the story that just kept on giving was CM Punk. Uh, Yeah. Um, Hell froze over. It just, it kept going. And that's why I like stories with chapters, you know, WWE sold. It's done. We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, uh, we were at Wembley. We were sat in our seats and I'm like on my phone and I'm getting the like Sean Ross Sapp updates that uh, like uh, a scuffles happened backstage. And we're with some friends who are like non-fans. And they're like, wait, is this is this story? It's like, no, apparently Punk's just punch Luke Perry's kid backstage. Luke Perry's and kid. then it came up to like, all the other details coming out. Then it was on my birthday. I was at my birthday dinner and get the news that CM Punk's been fired. So rushing home to watch Collision, see what's happening there. And then fast forward right through to him showing up at Survivor Series. So yeah, obviously the the sale, the merger is huge, but this story just kept on giving us more and more as the year went on and was just, just kind of fascinating to see everything that happened. And And there is something like, I'd kind of be excited for an update. All right, who else did he punch? What, yeah, Tony yeah. was fearing for his life? Monitors fell over? The best, he was throwing yeah. monitors at people? The best was people were like, no, 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 that's not true. It can't happen. And then people were like, hey, did you notice Samoa Joe's entrance? He's got blood on him. And people were like, wait a second, something did happen. And then there's were, stuff coming out that apparently Miro and him were having a fight, but it was just they were joking about having a fight because he's already fought with other people. I don't know. It was just, it was fun. Like, it was fun to follow for me. I don't know if it was so fun for Tony Khan, but ah, yeah. He's got money. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Way also mentioned like the, the people that passed away this year. And there were quite a number of like big names. In addition to Bray Wyatt, Terry Funk and Jay Briscoe uh, this past year, superstar Billy Graham passed away. Uh, you had as well uh, Lanny Poffo, the genius killer Khan, Jerry Jarrett, um, 
Adrian Street, Billy Two Rivers, um, uh, Bushwhacker Butch uh, passed away, Darren Drozdoff, Emile Dupree, Iron Sheik, um, you know, some really sizable names in the industry. And those are just uh, a handful of them as well. So um, that was the year of 2023. So that has wrapped up our 21 categories. And if no one is going to pass out from uh, exhaustion, we are now going to play likely, unlikely. But first of all, we have to go back to last year. And I will go through these very quickly. We had a ton of uh, submissions last year. So uh, we'll make these brief. MJF goes undefeated with the title all year long. Well, he (sighs) came up a day short. All of us said unlikely. So all of us were correct. Uh. Kota Ibushi has a match in an AEW ring. Davey was the only one who said unlikely. Way said likely, but did caution. We don't know about his health status. Oh, Wayne's always on point. Yeah, they're very on point there. A wrestling promotion streams exclusively on TikTok. All of us said unlikely to that. Uh, the undisputed era. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. That, that happened, happened though. That was that did a wrestling happen. promotion that streams. Ex- US- oh, we yeah. had, had uh, Sukabon. Yes. Yeah. 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 Was it just yeah. TikTok? It was. Like, you're right. It was. You're right. I totally forgot about that. It was just on TikTok, wasn't it? Wow. So that's why I have we, we were all that. wrong. I think Corey uh, submitted that one. Mm. He did. Yes. He yes, knew Corey. something. These were all listener submissions, most of them at least. Okay. Uh, the undisputed era reunite on WWE programming. Uh, we have an undisputed reuniting, but not on yeah. WWE programming, and not as uh, the undisputed. I guess they Europe. haven't jumped yet. Yeah. Uh, Rhea Ripley wins the IC or US title. Uh, Way and I said unlikely. Braden and Davey were more open to this idea, which uh, did not happen. Can I say it for this year? I'm going to say likely. <laughs> okay, we're not doing it like that, Braden. But just uh, follow along. <laughs> Vince McMahon and Elon Musk appear on WWE programming. All of us said unlikely to this one. We got no Vince McMahon and no Elon Musk. Um, He was busy this past year. Let's just keep it at that. Rampage moves to a new time slot. Braden was the only one who said likely on that one. Rampage, Friday nights at 10, still after all this time. Wait a second. Every time I try to watch Rampage, it's on a different day and a different channel and a different thing. So, like, really, I think maybe. Yeah, you were wrong. Uh, (laughs) ROH finds a TV home. All of us said unlikely to that. It remains on Honor Club. <laughs> Miro returns to WWE. Unlikely, we all said. And here he is still with AEW. Roderick Strong joins AEW, to which Braden stated, well, wait a minute. He's still in a wheelchair from NXT. <laughs> and, uh, wow. He rolled right in. <laughs> but all of us did say likely that Roderick Strong goes to AEW, which is crazy when this guy, I feel he's been on AEW for years at this point. Wow. And That's he just crazy. joined this year. Um, Donald Trump goes to prison. Uh, we all said unlikely. Stardom holds a show in the US. All of us said likely. Not happening. Didn't happen this last year, but will happen in 2024. Jade Cargill loses the TBS title. All of us get a point for saying likely. Davey gets an extra point for predicting Chris Statlander would beat Jade Cargill for the title. Nice. Thanks. You predicted Chris Statlander? Yeah. Vince McMahon creates his own non-wrestling league. We said unlikely. Way said likely on that one. He did not. Uh, League of Mustaches. (laughs) Uh, John Moxley and Renee um, are on screen together. And we kind of turned this into like whether they would do any kind of like storyline together, which we all said unlikely. And they did not. Like, I I can't even recall like Renee interviewing John Moxley on screen. I'm sure it's happened, but it's exceptionally rare. Hangman had some stuff with like, 
there has been stuff where Renee's been like, sort your shit out with like, they, they've acknowledged and it. And but, yeah, and yeah. And yeah. Stuff. It's, it's very, it's very okay. subdued other than like the Eddie mm. Kingston stuff. And yeah, when it came up with hangman, um, the Blackpool combat club visit Blackpool, England. Um, I was the only one who said likely thinking that they would do a vignette or something when they go over to England, but they didn't. Sami Zayn gets a run with the WWE or the Universal title. This predates the Seth Rollins title. All of us said unlikely, uh, but Davey said the best ending to the story is Sami Zayn beating The Rock. Maybe maybe another year. Wow, that's a prediction. CM Punk wrestles in WWE. Now, the wording was wrestles in WWE, not appears in WWE, (laughs) and he did make it into the ring on December 26th and December 30th. However, we all said unlikely to this. Wow. He did make it. Amazing. CM Punk wrestles in AEW. All of us said likely to that, and the man did wrestle in AEW this year. AEW wins best promotion of 2023. All of us said likely. All of us were wrong. Wow. John Pollock eats cereal this year. We said unlikely. I can confirm. (laughs) What about chips? No chips. John Cena wrestles at WrestleMania. We all said likely. Correct on that. Ric Flair wrestles again. Braden was the only one sadistic enough to say likely. Uh, he did not wrestle this year. Did, did bumps, but no, no wrestling. Sure Jake Paul has a pro wrestling match. Braden and Davey said likely. Uh, he did not. Patty Pimblett appears on AEW. I think this was Davey's suggestion. Uh, me and Way Sorry, said who? likely. Patty the Batty. Oh, okay, right. Yes, you you came up with this one. And, yeah, uh, not I us. didn't know his last name. I just <laughs> okay um dana white appears on AEW to promote a uh, power slap um i said unlikely i think you three all said likely that this would happen uh, yeah they had ads for it but yeah he never appeared on there uh we get the first mass release of the paul levesque era in wwe um way said likely i strongly disagreed that we would see this happen this year but way was uh correct and uh Braden and davy didn't really weigh in one way or the other nxt europe has its first event Way was the only one who said likely NXT Europe. Still a uh, still a uh, a thought. And then uh, I'm just gonna skim through some of these. Uh, Jeff Hardy wrestles in AEW. All of us said likely he was on his uh, his exit after the the arrest in 2022. At this point, Sasha Banks returns to the WWE. Unlikely. Braden says unlikely for this year, but we'll see after. And then uh, Braden said, "What about Naomi joining the Bloodline?" Uh, so we will see if any of those happen. The Hardy family office is still a thing. All of us said unlikely. WWE buys a Japanese company. All of us said unlikely, but I stated if there was one, it would be all Japan that they were. I mean, close. Yeah. See if it happens. Um, more than one New Japan show takes place at the Tokyo Dome. Braden and I said likely. They only did one show at the Tokyo Dome. Way does a road trip review with Poison Rana. Way said likely. I don't think that happened this year. This would be we, a follow-up to Freddie Got Fingered. Yeah, we didn't drive in the same car to Detroit. Mm. I think we went with different people. So we'll have to make good way. No, we'll no, no. He, mean, he means the movie road trip. The movie. The Tom Green. Oh, let's do it. Oh, I thought you wanted to go on a road trip with us, which also is cool. But road trip doesn't measure up to Freddie Got Fingered, it's, does it? It's not nearly as wild in, in Tom Green. I will say, way, Tom Green literally performed like today. Did two nights at Young he yeah. keeps it, running into people at different bars downtown. He like live streams and just walks around. He seems like mm. a real nice guy. He live streams like all the time. Yeah. And, and it's the most mundane things. So, yeah. yeah. Are there elephants in road trip? To it. Hmm? There, Are there any elephants in road trip? I don't sausages? believe so. There's a mouse. 
Hmm. Strange. Yeah. Mudo does a moonsault. We all said likely <laughs> for the retirement. <laughs> and the last one, Davey Portman attends Grand Slam. Uh, Davey was the only one who said unlikely and uh, turned out he was right. He I didn't. It's the only reason I didn't go. It's like the one show you I didn't go to. to. Right. All of us said likely. We thought Davey would cave in the end and go, but uh, he did not. Uh, so there you go. Those were our likely and unlikelies for 2022. Uh, I have asked everyone to come up with a, with a short list of about like uh, uh, five to ten each. So let's uh, we'll rapid fire these. Uh, let's start off, um, Braden, with your scenarios and we'll just go around the horn. I'm sure we have some similar ones, but Likely or unlikely, Cody Rhodes finishes the story. I'm going to say uh, likely. unlikely. I'll say, I'm going to say unlikely. Let unlikely. Him, yeah. I'm saying unlikely. 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 Wow. I'm the only person saying likely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, CM Punk main events, WrestleMania. Likely. Which night? What's a main like, event? Night, the night. Night one. Likely. Likely. Uh, yeah, Likely. CM Punk is still employed by the WWE by this time next year. Likely, likely or un- I'm going to be an optimist. Yeah, yeah likely. likely. Yeah, likely as well. People. Yeah, no punching people, Phil. Likely. Uh, Raw stays on USA Network. Likely or unlikely? Huh. That's a good one. I'm unlikely. Going, I'm going likely. I'm going unlikely. Wow. Unlikely. Whoa. I'm going to say unlikely as well, just because oh. they have SmackDown. Okay. Uh, I think I said this last year and I was wrong. So I'm just going to try to bring it into fruition here. Uh, Rampage or collision is canceled. Likely or unlikely? Unlikely. Unlikely. Okay. I'm going to say likely. I'm going to say likely as well. To Rampage. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, This one's easy. Swerve winning the world title in 2024. Likely. 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 Fine, I'll say unlikely. Ooh, he's switching things up on here. AJ Lee shows up in the Royal Rumble. I'm going to say likely. Likely. Let's light it up. Unlikely. Unlikely. I feel like maybe we're we're still a years away. Uh, what else do I have? Bill Goldberg shows up in TNA. Unlikely. <laughs> unlikely. Sorry, Dave. He's the big um, signing. Likely. Big sign. I'll say likely too. Yeah. Okay. Unlikely. I'm going to, I'm going to wait. No, he said TNA. Oh, you said TNA. So wait, wait, you want me to rephrase that way? You think Bill Goldberg signing with (laughs) AEW? I mean, I I, I feel like way better probability than TNA. I would say. Yeah. TNA. No TNA. Okay. All right. Wow. I'm going to, I like that one. (laughs) Maybe wait Uh, for TNA's running with. Yeah. (laughs) What else do I have here? Gunther wins a world title in 2024. Oh, um, Likely. Likely. Sure, I'll say likely on that one. All right. Does anyone else have any? We, yeah. we all have some. So, um, okay. I'll go next. Okay. Way's turn. Nick Aldis wins a WWE championship. Unlikely. unlikely. Do you mean a world championship or just no. any title? Any. any title. I'll say unlikely. 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 Looks okay. How about suit. Nick Aldis wrestles a WWE match? Likely. 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 Interesting. Okay. I'm going to go, uh, Unlikely and then likely as well for those ones. Dana White appears on WWE TV. Likely. Likely. Unlikely. Unlikely for me as well. A WWE wrestler speaks on UFC TV. 
or, like, or pay-per-view like is like, it or something yeah likely yeah like yeah. something of prominence i'm gonna say unlikely likely like in the crowd hey yeah. uh not yeah, shown. Like Joe Casey, what do you think? He's saying show? not shown because they've shown a lot of people, but like yeah. actually saying. But yeah, something. like Mike in their face. Yeah, and yeah. Chat. Okay. yeah, yeah, likely. Okay, I'm saying. Um, I, so if, for any of these things to happen, I feel like it would be during that, like you know, WrestleMania weekend slash like International Fight Week. So we'll probably get our answer at some point. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say unlikely to that one. Jade Cargill has a singles four star plus match. A singles four star plus Ooh, match. So we're going by the observer, by, by Dave Meltzer's ratings. Yes. <laughs> and she has not yet. Unlikely. I'm going to go likely. J- Jade wrestles in 2024. <laughs> likely or unlikely? I, I'll go like. I'll, yeah. I'm going to say maybe three and three quarters, but um, <laughs> not, not not four. <laughs> okay, then you'd be wrong if it's only. Why always adds these things to sound like a genius the next time? <laughs> he's right. We know he's going to get he knows caveats. Yeah. Okay, I got two more here. Uh, Braun Breaker wins a main roster championship. <sighs> Any title. Um, Any title. Like, I, I likely think he's showing up on the main roster. You would hope he's the Raw after Mania. Guy. I'm, I'm going to say un, unlikely on that. Unlikely, but I think he's showing up on the main I roster. I could see him with, like, the U.S. title. Yeah, likely. Okay. I'm going to say unlikely, maybe for the time being. Last one. Julia wins the NXT Women's Championship. Likely. Hmm. Likely. Unlikely. Julia Gooley. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say unlikely. Okay, good list from way. I'll, yeah. I'll go next, and then Davey can uh, t- can bring us home. Raw airs on another night of the week. It's announced in the New Deal. You sounded like pretty confident that I, I'm not confident, but I, I think it is. It could be possible. I could uh, see SmackDown on Monday and Raw on Wednesday. So weird. Like I'm yeah. sticking unlikely. No, keep it Monday Night Raw. I'm going to say unlikely as well, just because I think so much of the value of Raw is contained within just the the, the the Monday part of it. And I feel like WWE would have some say over it, but anything can happen. Okay. How about you? Um, what do you say? Oh, I'm going to say likely. Wow. Yeah, why not? Wow. Um, I have a few here. Okay. The Rock wrestles two matches in WWE this year. Two? That's unlikely. Nice. Unlikely. Unlikely. Okay, all unlikelies. Um, MJF and Adam Cole wrestle it all in for the second year in a row. Ooh. Not headlining necessarily, but yeah, they yeah, match yeah. all in. Yeah. I'm uh, going to say likely, um, but not in the main event. Yeah, likely yeah. not in the I'm main the same event. as way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I've got uh, two more here. Um, Katsuhiko Nakajima, the triple crown holder, wrestles at Stand and Deliver. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> Very specific. But okay. You know something. No. Uh, I, I'm going to say unlikely. After so, Bidden Door, you said? No, Stand and Deliver. No, Mania Weekend. NXT. Oh. Unlikely. With the, with the All Japan uh, dealings that they have. If they... Yeah. Um, I guess if there's anybody for, like, yeah, maybe a rematch with, with Charlie Dempsey, I suppose. But I, I just don't know if, like, um, WWE is going to make those sort of um, places for foreign talent anymore. Liger, I feel like, was a bit of a different case, but. It's hard for me to think Nakajima would just be coming in. Unless he was signed, okay? That would be different. But I'm still going to say unlikely. Okay. I'll, I'll go likely on this. I'm not saying because uh, I'm, this is just a random uh, scenario. <laughs> the last one here, it's mainly for one person, but we'll go around and get everyone. Almost 
versus Gargano and Chill. <laughs> Omos or no, Omos or Omos <laughs> versus Almas. Almost said Omos. So he thinks, are we getting Gargano versus Almas one more time? Yes, 100. CN, likely. Yeah, like could be on a Raw. Likely. <laughs> Just the Raw. Four minutes, there'll be his reintroduction. <laughs> I had a, what's going on with Gargano? Like they, yeah. Well, they got DIY Cohen, but Kinda. we got Andrade leaving AW. He's definitely going back over there with the LWO and stuff. So maybe we do get that match. I'll say likely. Time. We'll get it. I don't know if, yeah. uh, I don't know if we'll reach the Pantheon. I don't know if I'll chill with it, but yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll say yeah. unlikely. Just to be yeah, likely on that. Likely. One. All right. And Davies. All right. WWE announce a PLE in Japan. Likely. Oh. Likely. I'm surprised mm. they haven't already. I'm going to go unlikely on Japan. I'm going to go unlikely as well. Um, oh, man, it's very possible. I, I just feel like um, I don't see them getting a site fee for Japan. First, first of all, um, I... I also don't know. Well, they do run events there, but like, I don't know if it's it's like a ple feeling type of um, territory Proud. for them. Yeah. Uh, I say likely. Likely, AEW announce a show in Mexico. What? Hmm. Uh, I mean, they should. So likely, I'll, I'll go likely. Sure. I I'll think say- that's actually a really good idea. Tell TK, Alex Abrahantis running the show. You know, yeah. What for everyone? Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be He'll doing that be out with all the lucha Every guys, anyway. Uh, I'll go likely. I'm going to go unlikely. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me, but it also feels like it might be a uh, sort of a you know a couple of years from now type of um, uh, infrastructure that they they would have to implement. Um, so I'm going to say unlikely for next year. Tamatonga wrestles in NXT. I'm going to say unlikely. likely. So, so I guess where do you guys think he'll end up? At NXT, I guess. I think yeah. NXT. So do you, you said likely, Brayden? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll say likely. Uh, I'm gonna say unlikely. Do Do I you see him? At, where Where do you see him? New I Japan. don't know if NXT. Like, I think he's kind of old. John says New Japan. You think he's staying? Yes. That'd okay. I guess. Yeah, uh, I think I think AEW might be most likely, but on the main roster, like I could see him getting called up to the main roster just just due to age. Mm. Sting wrestles a singles match in this retirement tour. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm going to say un- unlikely. Unlikely, I think it'd be a bad idea at this point. Uh, I would like Sting Darby as yeah. I think Sting, Sting and Darby would be the last match, so I'm going to say likely. It, thematically, it works, you know, but. The, the result, it just, I just don't see how that's possible at Darby speed. NXT Europe has its first event. <laughs> Un- unlikely. Unlikely. Wait unlikely. a second. Hold on a second. Now, WWE's doing Bash in Berlin yeah. on a weekend, right? What if NXT does a show piggybacking in Europe? Would that count? No. It no, needs to be NXT, NXT Europe. NXT Europe? Yeah. Oh, I don't even think that would happen. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say no. Unlikely. Okay. I'll say unlikely. I'm going to say likely. <laughs> Tiffany Stratton wins a main roster championship. Huh. Singles championship, not tag team. Uh, I'm going to say unlikely, know. but yeah, very strong chance she'll be yeah, uh, I, called, I, up, called up. I see her being called up, like again, post-mania, but I don't know necessarily she'd be winning the title that quick. Same. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Naomi returns to WWE. Likely. likely. Mercedes, I'll say likely. I'll say likely. 
Mercedes returns to WWE. Who? Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks. Returning to WWE. Yeah. Unlikely. Unlikely. Unlikely this week. <laughs> ask me again next yeah, week. Yeah, ask me tomorrow and the I'll, day after that. <laughs> I'm going to say likely. You think she's going yeah, back? Yeah, she can always choke out someone and get Boss back up. There. Yeah. Um, Drew McIntyre leaves WWE. Unlikely. Unlikely. He's, he's, Unlikely. He's, he's too hot right now uh, for them to let go. I don't think so. They change the stakes of the Continental Classic. Likely. They should. Oh, I thought Stakes. you were gonna. Um, like, yeah. it's, it's for a different championship, or or it's, what? It's for it's either for a, yeah, it's for something different. It's not for these three titles or the continental title. It's for something else. It's, but it's uh, called the continental, so it would be for that continental. I feel it's going to be this continental crown that's that's put yeah. up for the winner. That's going to be my my yeah. thought. So I would, it might I would not unlikely. It might not be for all three championships, but it'll at least be for the continental. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. 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 We get clarification on what the fuck the Continental Championship <laughs> slash Triple Crown Championship is. What is it? Is it one title? Is it three titles? Is it a New Japan Strong title? Yeah. We yeah. get on TV. All right. This is what's happening. Also, someone what? should tell Eddie what, what's going on with the Ed- Eddie too. realizes what his titles are. Like, <laughs> some sort of clarification. I'll say likely, and I'll predict it's like in minute six of a nine-minute answer from Tony Khan on a conference call. <laughs> I, I feel like by this time, or like by the time the tournament comes around, I think it'll just be down to that single title. That's yeah. single title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And finally, likely unlikely, Leo Rush retires. Oh, uh, Likely. Is he in New Japan right now? Likely. Okay. Unlikely. Right. Wow. What a list of great things. Yeah. I had to. I had to skim through some of the ones from last year, but you did have that one last year too, David. (laughs) What did we say? We all said unlikely, but and uh, I think he did retire once this year. Last year, didn't he? He got hurt this year. Anyway. Well, it counts. I think so. yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, everyone. Another another riveting game of likely unlikely for 2024. And you are welcome uh, to put in your own thoughts, your own scenarios uh, in the comment section below. Uh, if you want to weigh in on any of these categories or throw up some of your predictions for 2024, because in uh, a year's time, I will be going back to go through likely and unlikely the day of the show. And uh, I will go through the comments to see if anyone says anything uh enlightening that makes sense a year from now but uh we, i want to thank we also have oh. a thread up at form.postwrestling.com where everybody listening can also leave their picks uh for all the categories this year so for everyone out there that is uh, getting this show for free you are more than welcome to jump on board at postwrestlingcafe.com and you can also support poison rana and where can they go for that Braden? patreon.com slash poison rana check us out also, any of you listening, if you are in the Toronto area and want to come hang out and watch the Royal Rumble, we will be doing a Royal Rumble watch party at Gabby's 309 King Street West. Tickets are on sale and use the promo code BDE Friends. All one word to get 50% off those tickets. Yeah, I mean, this year was crazy for wrestling, but it was pretty crazy for us because uh, not only did we get to do the Forbidden Pour at Real Sports right beside, attached to the Scotiabank Arena 
for Forbidden Door. We got to meet like so many listeners and people like traveling in for this. But Davey and I have been doing like these like watch parties and wrestling parties like all year. We traveled to London. We did all in it with the Grapple Lads. We got to shout out that and anyone who came to that all across the world. I've met people and listeners from all over and it's just incredible. And I, I want to thank everyone for for taking part even if you're taking part in spirit to some of these watch parties wherever you are we we thank you i love this post wrestling slash poison rana community and all the people in the chat and it's been a super fun year and i'm just grateful to be a part of it so thank you john away for a fun time i know we had a a fun time at forbidden poor when you guys chose to do the review the next day you were thinking about it you're like oh we got to do the review it's like no 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 have a few rainmakers Tony Khan also did take John hostage for a good. Oh, yeah, right. That's Brain right. Brain yeah. completely forgets that I wasn't. Even <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, that, that's how memorable I am in Braden's memory bank. But yes, I was at a, uh, a very lengthy press conference. Uh, but there you have it, everyone. That is the best and the worst of 2023. Go on over to poisonrana.ca, postwrestling.com. Way and I are back on Monday night with Rewind to Raw. Brand new year. Keep your list together. Are any of you guys going to try and keep lists throughout the year? Or is it just going to be a mad dash in the final week next yeah. year? Do this? I'm not going to lie. This year, every year I say, yeah, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not. I'll I'll do a mad dash day of, as always. It, it's almost kind of kind of pointless. I mean, maybe for like something that was terribly bad that I feel yeah. like I'll, I'll I'll forget by the end of the year. But um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of hard to keep up. But yeah, we're all going to do the exact same thing as we did this year. <laughs> and it'll come down to the last 48 hours of what, what jumps out at us. All right. Thanks to everyone that joined us live. All of uh, the patrons out there, we thank you very much. And that is it for the best and worst of 2023.